Those are some very happy nipples. Yeah, yeah. Um, my nipples are quite happy after having the intro music played on top of them. Is that like playing to a, like a, a fetus? Uh, wow. <laughs> I mean, I'm not having a baby through my boobs, Jess. I don't... Baby through my boobs. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> that is weird. Why, why would you say that out loud, Jess? Still jamming to that song, though. Maybe. Still love it. Yeah, it's a good song. I'm glad uh, Full Kogan made it for us. We don't say that enough, that Full Kogan is our intro and outro music. Um, Bootlegger's Dance. Yeah. It's a good song. It's a very good song. Um, anyway, this is the New Year Top Podcast. Um, Howdy, kids. Episode 119. We have a, uh, a good conversation with a, a local artist uh, coming up, Kara Jean Means. You did oh, it. I really like that. <laughs> <laughs> Mess up her name like 50 times. I don't know. But nobody corrected you, so. Well, that's because she's nice. But, um, yeah, but there are three other people in this room that could have said something. Yeah, but true. then it's just like interruptive at that point. Yeah, then it just ruins when the has, interview. Really? When has that ever because <laughs> interrupting is not our thing to be fair that's my thing Just saying. <laughs> i'm not gonna interrupt myself come on um anyway yeah uh i'm your host chris you um, can check yourself before you wreck yourself no i can't i can't chickety check myself uh jeremy is another host howdy folks there's brie down at the end there with her bedazzledness i'm eating goldfish uh she already had steak uh and then there's jess Steak and goldfish. So that whole, so uh, the whole time we were interviewing her prior to to really starting the show, uh, I saw your headphones on on your your mic, and I'm like, because I didn't see the earbuds in for like seriously half the interview, and I'm like, how the fuck does she know what's being said? Like, is she like she just tuned out for the damn interview? She didn't even have her headphones on. I'm like, what the hell? I Definitely was not. <laughs> like, how is she responding to her? And then I look and I'm like, oh, she's got earbuds in. I can't wear my headphones when I wear earrings, so. Take out your damn earrings. You're messing with me. It's too much effort. <laughs> I'm glad so I freaked you it's out. It's about as much effort as having a baby through your boobs. That would be a lot, that of, effort, a lot of effort, I think yeah. that would be rough. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you'd have twins, though. When you found out... <laughs> When you found out you were pregnant, I mean, were you getting like uh, mammograms and cancer tests at that point because you found a lump? <laughs> I mean, is that self-examining? Like, oh, what? Oh, I can feel the head. It's moving. Wow. Why is it kicking? How big is that? Like a is that like a double Z? Whenever the baby's getting ready to come out. This is like a really weird conversation. All right, let's let's not talk about <laughs> it anymore. <laughs> um, so uh, Labor Day weekend. Just just happened. Just just happened. We had a uh, stay home weekend for Labor Day. I labored. Uh, we did labor a little oh, bit. We labored too. Again. We helped you labor. You sure did. We did. Um, it was fun. Jess, I'm going to start with you, though. You didn't make any cakes, did you? I did, actually. You son of a bitch. You said you didn't have any cake <laughs> fined up last time we yeah, talked. Until I had a consultation last Thursday. What kind of consultation? Was it like a, was it a, a mammogram consultation? A cancer... <laughs> Or you mean you consulted okay, for someone else? enough with the boobs. Uh, meaning <laughs> that I thought it was going to be a birthday party, but now it's an industry party slash birthday party, but the invite list is 700 people. So you made a 
cake for no, it's people. in the process. It's next next okay, Thursday. Okay, so you had a consult, but you didn't actually make the cake and get it all done. Well, she's starting. I'm sure. working on it. Well, of course, you got to fucking start it. That's the thing. Okay, you order a cake for seven hundred people. You have to know that, that cake by the time it gets to you, you is don't. A couple it's weeks old. it's for like. You estimate for a party like that for about a third. Well, sure, sure. But you, you, you've got to figure, like, as the party planner person who's doing the cake ordering, like, that cake's going to be old. It's not like the day before made. That's going to be, like, week-old cake. No cake is made the day before. Bullshit. Not my cakes. They're not. not. When I make a cake in my house, <laughs> that shit is same day. And it I, does not look as cool or so decorated. So if you do a same day cake for what I do, yeah, it would be a mess. So you'd have to get up at like 3 a.m. to deliver it by 8 p.m.? Uh, no, not even. <laughs> well, because you have to do the freezing. So you, you got to get the cakes out cooled. You've got you to cut them. Then you've got to crumb frost them and freeze them between every fucking layer. And that's beyond doing just the decoration. Hours. Yeah. Yeah. Well, unless you're a professional and you have a blast chiller. Which I am not a professional, so. Do you need a blast chiller? <laughs> I've been looking at no. a lot of refrigerators lately. I don't have any room for a blast freezer. Take one of your roommates out. <laughs> I just use the basement. That's where one of the roommates uh, lives. Where, so how's the chore chart going? I need to know. Because I saw Jeremy's chore chart and it's full of chickens. It's kind of cool looking. <laughs> I didn't even get to see the chore chart. What the fuck? I got a picture <laughs> of it. No, I'm not in this conversation. So, what? wow. Um, my well, go chore just chart, go visit him at his house. <laughs> my chore chart is mm, of a percentage, I would say maybe like 63% working. That's okay. So, but the one shit had roommates still not doing anything. That's what 63% means. It means one of that your shitty roommates. Oh, so the couple, yeah, the assholes, <laughs> the ones that are the problem. Yeah, they so have a lot of. They're having a lot of health issues, yeah. like medical bills coming in every day. So so. You, can't, you can't empty the garbage if you've got medical. Yeah. Well, look, when you're on opiates, when at you have that seizures, level, I don't know. Yeah, uh, that's bad. Hey, look, very young, nineteen. Well, that the thing 20. is, they just need to get out of the house and get some sunlight. So taking out the garbage will help. I would agree, but my garbage can's in my garage, so there's not any sunlight. Damn it, and there are probably fluorescent lights in that shit. There are in my No, garage. they're just little, like... I hate fluorescent lighting. Just little, like, screw-in bulbs. True story, though. My friend Natalie has had massive seizures, like, to the tune of hundreds a day. And yeah, I don't know the extent because they don't really talk about it. I just know that the medical bills have been coming in. Yeah, every you're week, not their so. fucking doctor. They don't need to talk to your ass. I don't. Well, they should not, tell you they like, hey, I've got fucking health problems. No, they so should in case there's an emergency. Weeks, yeah, right, right. Like right. if I if I fucking have a grand mal seizure in the kitchen, which is this what, is what I, you need to do. Right, which is what I tried to tell them. I did have a roommate one time who blacked out from alcohol poisoning. That was terrifying. Yeah, but that's, di- that's different. That's your own fucking fault for being a dipshit. Uh, right, but if I walk in and there's someone dead on my floor, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of hard to. Explain to the cops. It's a pain yeah. in the ass. Renters in the future really not going to be down with it. I mean, so she was like, "It's not your business," and I was like, "No, it is my business." Sorry, yeah, it's my business because I live <laughs> here too, and I don't want to walk in on you like convulsing and not know what the hell's going on. Anyways, so church art is okay. Not really. So clearly, it's not being used by the offenders. They get a break, though. They just don't get the gold star. It didn't help the guy that said, you know, I just need a reminder and that's working for me. Is it Um, helping him still? It depends on the day. (laughs) And the the thing. So maybe a little bit. Well, that's disappointing to hear, Jess. I'm sorry. 
on on the the home front here, we had a kid back this weekend via surprise. That was awesome. Uh, her car broke down. She calls me um, Friday, like one o'clock or so. Chris, some lights came on in my car. Great, God damn it! Mm-hmm. All right, what the lights? one you just fixed though? Yeah, what lights? Uh, and she proceeds to start crying, and she tells me, "I'm not even to Cedar City yet." I'm like, "Why?" She's like, "Well, I was gonna come home and surprise you guys for the weekend." And at that point, the first thought in my head is, "You can't fucking do that. We might not even be home. Like, there was a chance we were gonna be a flaming gorge all weekend, and like, how would that have felt to come home to no one for a weekend?" But I didn't say that because at that moment in time, that's not what you tell a kid that's in tears because <laughs> their car's having problems. Um, turns out, uh, her timing belt flew off her water pump went and at the same time also her cooling fan and her clutch for her cooling fan went out uh so quite a few parts and you know when the timing belt goes it can be everything stops working because it's you know pretty if for such a small piece of rubber (laughs) that shit is so vital to your car actually working it just connects everything so um but anyway they they go they just timing belts go it's just the way it works um, but anyway, so she's like, I, so it turns out she still figures out a way to get up here with random people. She rides up from Cedar city. Her sister comes and gets her. She rides up here. She wants to surprise her mom. So her mom didn't know with big air quotes because you know, there's, there's more. Um, if you tell Chris something you've told me and if you tell me you told Chris, yeah, there's no secrets between sailors in this house. So anyway, so I did eventually have that conversation with her like, Hey, you know, we're happy that you're here and we love to have you come home and we're never going to tell you no. Just understand, if you try to surprise us, we may not be here. We have other plans. So like Saturday night, we're at the soccer game. Fucking amazing soccer game, by the way. But we're at the soccer game and I posted a picture on Instagram and her reply was, when your parents love soccer more than their kids. <laughs> yeah, but she knows, here was my thought to that, was that she knows that you guys go to all the games. So wouldn't she be, I know I'm asking a lot, aware of the schedule because uh, there are billboards no. everywhere, oh God, by no. the way. She doesn't even know how to get to her own house unless it's a route on Google. Well, our Apple That's terrifying. Oh, yeah. No, no. She's like so non-observant when it comes to that stuff. But beyond that, it's like, it's like, yeah, we do love soccer more than you. Come on. We've been going to games (laughs) like the last, you know, as long as I've known her. So, yeah, we love soccer more than you. It's okay. That's not true. That's not what you said. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so we we, we did get to go on a hike. We didn't go on Sunday. We were doing other things. We were helping Jeremy harvest honey. Mm -hmm. I'll let you guys talk about that. Tell me what your experience was, Bree. You're the one that got all suited up. Well. (laughs) Now her mouth's mouth's full of a cracker (laughs) because she's just been munching and not paying attention. I should stop paying these in. Close them up. No, I was paying attention. I just had a, like, I just put a goldfish in my mouth. It's goldfish. Um, Oh, I saw a guy with a shirt on the other day. It was a goldfish that had AU inside the fish. (laughs) That's awesome. It was really awesome. (laughs) Um, So when I was watching Chris do it, I was actually more scared than when I did it myself because when I did it, you had me like with the gloves and stuff on. It was really cool. Like, I was like lifting up the honeycombs and like staring at the little fuzzy bodied bees and you could hear like the low hum and um, see them cleaning up the honey at the bottom when we dripped it out. And then Chris got to use the vacuum. I was scared he was going to kill somebody because he kept touching it, but he managed to... 
I don't think he killed anybody. I don't think, I don't think no. he lost anyone. Yeah. It was it was interesting sucking them off there when they didn't want to get off with your homemade. The pile <laughs> of bees at the end was kind of funny though, when you just turned the bucket upside down and hit it, and then there was just a swarm clump. of bees underneath. Just in a giant thing. clump, and then they eventually just started carrying honey back up, and they figured out where the fuck they were. And you ended up with seven jars? Seven jars, yep. It's a lot of honey. Yep, we did pretty good. It was pretty too. With a good chance of another harvest. Yeah, because we left. Maybe in October. The possibility of maybe two or three more two bars? Three, Possibly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Yeah, so it's cool. I like uh, I liked the experience. Um, and it's like I was telling, like, Sean actually really wanted to, to check out the actual harvesting. So she was kind of disappointed she couldn't. But she went to church with her dad instead, and he brought her by and... So that was kind of cool. But yeah, got got to learn more about chickens than I really <laughs> care about. I mean, I'm actually, that one chicken's I'm really pretty, though, the big black one. Black and red and white. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get to watch them chase each other around because there's no rooster anymore. Yep. Yeah, you had you two. ended up with two. I ended up with two roosters a few weeks ago, so we <laughs> had to trade them in for a younger female model. Uh, escape, but, the escape artists. Yep. That was so weird. I'd never seen a chicken fly up like that before. Oh, yeah. Well, it's not really flying. They're just good at jumping. And jumping flying. real high. Jump, flap, flap. Uh, that's as far as I can go because I'm too fat to fly. Well, no, they're little. They're kind of little. Yeah, they're, there's too much body mass and not enough wingspan for them to fly. Well, I know, but still. It's like, it's like having a car with little fins on the side and thinking that's going to fly. It might get some air, but it's not flying. <laughs> so, uh, so we did go hiking. We went up uh, Desolation Trail, um, which, uh, so I didn't realize this. You can actually get to Desolation Trail, too, from uh, the other side of the mountain uh, if you take the Brighton lift up. Oh, yeah. uh, and you can hike over there pretty easily. Uh, we did not do that. We walked from the bottom of Mill Creek up to the top of Ooh. Desolation Outlook. Um, that's a fucking beautiful vista. It's a bit of a hike, though, isn't it? Wasn't yeah. It's like... It was all, actually... There was a couple told, times we had to actually grab onto things to, like... Yeah, all told, it was about five and a half miles there and back. Um, it's not too bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. 1,200 feet in elevation. But it was the elevation that gets you. Yeah, and it's not, like, going up, it's not super noticeable. The last chunk of it it's like sort of steep. It's a lot of quick switchbacks and we're like, oh man, like I guess maybe like the the second, third is probably the hardest because the very yeah. last bit is, is pretty easy. Um, but it's just like you're, you're not realizing how hard it is and then you go for a while and you're like, fuck, I am just, I'm sucking in like thin air and... <laughs> I'm like my butt's starting to get sore from from doing this. Like, <laughs> so, what's your view from the top, the Salt Lake side, or the Heber? More like Heber. No, it looks over the Salt Lake Valley. So you can see Salt. Lake. So you can mm-hmm. see through the opening of Mill Creek down into the valley, and then I mean, there's a whole bunch of overlooks to look up Mill Creek and off to the side, and the the views are just Stunning. unbelievable. They're yeah. so good. Um, so maybe we'll maybe we'll share some of the pictures on the site. There was uh, a cute little girl up at the top that uh, that like really like chopper, and she'd found a little acorn. But there were a million people that were hiking their kids up there with them on yeah. their backs, and I'm like, oh no! I'm like that is fucking that's some commitment there. Like, <laughs> you got one of those backpacks for that one? We saw one lady with a kid in a sarong on the front of her. I'm like, right. how the fuck are you doing this hike with that? Kid there was there? a pregnant lady. I'm like, I wonder if she's doing it to try and like start labor. Do labor. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so it's not a super hard hike, but it is moderate, and I, I think it's appropriately labeled moderate. Um, I, I mean, there were there were plenty of littler kids, um, but there were some parts where like the the trail was like broken down, and you had to kind of 
skirt the edge of it or kind of hop over it. Or climb up some actual rocks. Yeah, there were actual times when it was like, reach out with your hand and kind of help guide yourself up. So how long did it take you? Total. I think we were out there two and a half hours, give or take. Mm-hmm. That's and not we just meander. Either. No, we're we're not fast tigers. I like to stop and take pictures, and yeah, see, we like to enjoy the scenery. See any deer this week? No, uh, no, not this week. Some people thought there was a rattler, but it wasn't. <laughs> They're like, "There's a rattler on the rocks out there." You should probably and leash we get, up your dog so we leash poor Chopper up because he's really good off leash. But we we put him on a leash just in case, and we get we get like pretty far down and I'm like I'm taking it back off I'm like that I'm like the only place that I think maybe there was a rattler was up there and that sound was not a rattlesnake that sound was like a locust like, oh yeah I, I know what rattlesnakes sound like I grew up around a lot of fucking snakes we used to catch them all the time we used to catch baby rattlesnakes all the time it's probably Katie did it yeah, might have been yeah, yeah exactly it's it's and rat, a rattlesnake rattle once you've heard it That's once, pretty distinct. it's distinct. Nothing else sounds like it. I said, it. well, I guess it could have been there and slithered off. They don't just sit and rattle their damn tails. They're usually silent. They don't right. rattle their tail unless so they're threatened. threatened. Yeah, that's, and it's a warning system to get the fuck away. And it could have been that he got too close to the trail, figured that out, and left. And I, don't, I don't really know, but... We did get warned by like two or three people, so maybe there really was hmm. one. Yeah. But so is chopper full of dingleberries when you get back? Or? Um, no, a dingleberry really. is when you shit and it doesn't come out <laughs> of your throat. No, he was pretty dusty, though. Yeah, um, no, he doesn't. The tra- I mean, it's a, tra- it's a marked trail, so it's it's Not full of stickers and nothing like no, that. No, although when, for some reason when we, we climbed up, so you climb up to the top and then you can climb kind of down and then back up to another little overlook. For some reason, on the way back, he decided he was going to like go off something. into the woods. And Chris is like, "What oh, in the hell are you doing?" He just, like starts fucking wandering off. I'm like, "Dude, what? Where are you going?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, I better come back this way. It's funny because like on the way up, he's fairly unsure of where he's going, and and so he like he likes to stay right. He behind will Chris. stay right behind me. Um, he'll stop every once in a while, but if I pass him, then he'll catch up usually. But on the way down, he's like out in front, like confident as hell. Like, I know where I'm going, motherfucker. I'm going to go wherever I want. Sometimes Chris has to call him back because he gets like, like dude, there's too many on. turns and stuff. <laughs> come back and go the right way. Um, but it was fun. Uh, so I'm really enjoying these these hikes, getting to enjoy. So as the temperature starts to change, which, I, which actually I noticed I had a meeting up in Draper earlier, well, late last week, but kind of up in the the mountain range i've noticed that the the trees are starting yeah, the trees yeah. are starting to change so as it starts to get cooler are you gonna keep doing your hike or are mm-hmm. you gonna until you? until i can't it's do it anymore too until, cold until Bree becomes you know the abominable snowman and then you're done yeah because i can't hike in my in my uh, stadium got, jacket i'm guessing we got three more weeks maybe <laughs> i don't know we'll see Hard i still want to wanna, i haven't done stewart falls yet and i still want to do stewart falls well so. technically the first day falls in what like three weeks something like that mid-september Something like that. I don't know. It doesn't really matter because Utah could be warm and just true. cold in no time. Um, anyway. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if people. Well, I guess this, what that means do is well cold. you'll have to go down to St. George to visit the kid and then do your hikes down there. Well, we'll be going down sometime, probably in October or early November, for Cassidy's uh, parents' weekend thing. And now with Sean down there too. When we were talking about it, like. You know, I, I, so we the first hike we did when we started doing these hikes was up Ensign Peak, um, and and Bree had never been up Ensign Peak up to that point, point. Um, and 
God damn, that was fucking hard. <laughs> that was a really hard hike. And it's Well, it's it was short. right at the beginning of us starting back exercising. It's less than a mile. It is. I mean, it's like 600 feet elevation gain. Well, and how, many weight, how much weight have you lost since then? I don't know. 45, 50 pounds. So he was hauling an extra person up with him. Yeah. Not you know those like people that child. were hauling kids? That's what yeah, I was carrying around. Um, but now, like, there's no way in hell I would have been able to do desolation then. And now it was it was not hard, hard, but it was certainly a, a bit of a workout going on. I drink up. all my water. I usually don't do that. So maybe you need to finish with Ensign. Oh, yeah. That's well, I mean, that's what I was thinking. Maybe we should try it again and see how quick it is. But I think I'll just be disappointed that it's too short. Or it's still hard. Like, what the hell? <laughs> God, <laughs> going over feet. the top. It, I mean, it is 600. Oh, that's a good feet. idea. Well, and there were some other trails that we looked at. We were like, oh, maybe we'll go back here. Maybe we'll go see where Elizabeth Smart was taken. Because um, that's <laughs> to the tent city. I mean, no, I basically is up over those hills is where she was at for so long. Um, Obviously, not a trail people follow very often. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> um, there are some trails back there. And you Mar- should start at Memory Grove and then work your way up. There you uh, go. Only if we do it at night because I want to see sword fights. <laughs> Haven't those you ever, are only at night? Have you ever been to Memory Grove at night? It's like ha- no. it's like vampire kids and sword only fights. Only on Sundays. Sword fights so they can see the sparks. So it's real swords, like or at least real fake swords. with mm. They're made of metal. And they actually do ching, 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 like fucking sparks and shit. Yeah, it's so a real weird. thing in Utah. That was, the, that, was, that was the place all the stoners would go yeah. when we were in high school. The stoners and the goth kids. Yep. They were I, all, I did not the know The goth this. kids were also stoners, by the way. You didn't know that? Memory got Yeah. Anyway. So anyway. You know the whole time I was ever in junior high or high school, not one person ever offered me a drug ever. That was disappointing for you, wasn't it? I never thought about it. <laughs> this took a weird turn. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, let's talk about events instead. How about that? <laughs> go ahead. That's never weird. But go ahead. What we're gonna try this new thing where I do them? You're still telling us what the events are, Jess. It's I am. Your, it's your job. <laughs> it's the way. Isn't so you do a lot for this podcast off the air. This is the way for us to get you involved on the air, uh, as it were, is for you to actually start talking about events so that I can. Well, I know, but you ask you. me what I do on my weekend, then you assume what I do, and then you go into what you do. So <laughs> that's where we're at. What um, you told me what you did? No, I didn't actually. <laughs> um, so we've been talking the last two weeks that FanX is this weekend. Um, so there are still tickets available. And all, all the VIP stuff's gone though, right? Long um, gone, or is the it last still... week, today it just said limited quantity. So, so like I got my, I upgraded my pass that I won today up to gold. So there were still those I, available. I, I, that tells me that they are probably not doing as hot on ticket sales this year. Because in the past, their VIP passes have sold out. Like within days, isn't not it? Not within days, but... Uh, well, and we don't know if they released more. Like, we don't know. Yeah, and I kind of hope they don't. Like, at some point, there is like a there is like a, a point where having too many of those passes... Well, you're like no longer VIP. Yeah. Well, and if you, if you look at what's being offered compared to last year, they've taken away a lot of the incentives. Like... Yeah. Even for gold, they took away, like, gold in the past has had photo op money, like, yeah, they, they there's really, nothing, it's they like really a multi-pass, them. so, well, you get like, a shirt. <laughs> the, the, like, there was, there used to be autograph vouchers for, yeah. for VIP, and I don't really And gold, gold yeah. did too. I don't really care about most of that stuff. I, I think like the, early entry. <laughs> I think the autograph vouchers are 
difficult for them because not everyone accepts them. And but it's not even like when I had mine because it just came with the pass. Like it was a chosen picture. Like it was. Yeah, it's. I would not. I remember that that early debacle with the art money thing. Remember that? That was like the first time. That was a disaster. So. the the reason we get the pass we get is so we get into panels because we like to do a lot of panels and especially like Saturday the panels it's definitely worth it for that alone are much yeah. more difficult to get into so, so with your pass you get in like first so we get into the hall an hour the vendor hall an hour early which yep. is nice if you want to do that's shopping that's mm-hmm. the best time to do it because it's so much less crowded um now, if you like panels, we do what we do because panels, like on Saturday, we will oftentimes go from panel to panel to panel. There's no way to do that if you don't have a VIP pass because the lines are too big. It's a different line. Yeah, and you can just walk right in too. So like if you get there, even after they've let the VIP in, if they're letting everybody else in and they see VIP, they just let you, they walk just in. Let you How walk many in. zip queues does VIP get? Unlimited. Unlimited. Nice. And that's the other thing. Which is awesome because they have like a little kiosk. You lo- you you can't do it more than just the day of, but you just go straight in the morning. You pick the panels that you want to go on, and then it just saves you a place in line. And, and those those panels are for the main ballroom, yeah. which are the ones that fill up the most. So so like Jeff Goldblum, like everybody will be doing that one, I'm sure. Yeah. So like if we want to go do Twisted Tunes and we don't really want to waste time before the panel, we'll go zip queue for Twisted Tunes. Cool. And the nice thing about it is we can zip queue for a bunch of them. And then like if we don't end up needing one or something. Yeah. And one of the things that we will do is we'll zip queue for one. And then if we want to stay for the panel that's right after that, we'll move from the zip queue over to an open seat somewhere. Yeah. And so you're already in the hall and you can tend to find better seating. It'll be much easier as well now that there's just two of us instead of trying to grab four spots. <laughs> <laughs> So, but I don't know how much time we'll spend in the grand ballroom because it's, those aren't the panels that we like the most necessarily. All the panel, uh, last year there wasn't really a lot of panels. This year all the panels are like after three o'clock for me. I'm like, this is going to be long nights. Yeah. So, uh, I've looked through over the first couple of days. I haven't gotten to the third day yet, but, uh, there's some, there's some stuff that I'm interested in. So are you guys staying there again? Or are you going to tr- drive a, drive up each nah, day? I think we're going to drive up each day. I'm, I feel bad because we've had chopper, you know, we've been out of town for chopper for so much lately and he already thinks that everyone's left him in his life. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, we'll be gone most of the day, but coming back at night's a big deal. And, um, I don't know. We just, we've been traveling so much that finding a place for him while we're gone again is just difficult. So, well, you don't have to be gone to eat local. No, no, you don't. So, <laughs> starting, this is actually really huge and it's a real thing. It's not just the downtown alliance saying, get out and eat local. It's an organization. It's called Eat Local Week. It starts on the 8th, which is Saturday. Perfect timing because you can go to the farmer's market, um, but it's just about supporting um, local, local grocers, local producers. Yeah. So when I first read this, I put on here, you know, maybe we can all talk about what our favorite local eatery is, but this has nothing to do with local restaurants, actually. It's all about markets and, and like you said, grocers grocers and and farmers and um, finding local artisans. So like local bakeries and stuff like that, more so than going to Lizzie's for 
Mediterranean food. Although, Which Lizzie's he, makes... He does make hummus that yeah, is absolutely fantastic. Really good. And other stuff, too. <laughs> yes. Um, so it's not just... Lizzie's is not just a, a And restaurant. when he comes on to talk about running for Senate, we'll, we'll talk to him about his hummus, Is too. he bringing us hummus? I don't know. Yeah, I'm I, just saying... I, that's uncomfortable to ask. I feel just, like if they choose to bring <laughs> it... No, no, no. Here's how you do it, Jess. So <laughs> let me tell you how to do your job. Perfect. Um, <laughs> Somebody needs to. So what you do is you just kind of sneak it in like, oh, man, we love your hummus. Just just like, okay. we love your hummus. We're super excited to talk to you about your, your restaurant and your, your political campaign. If you sneak that in a couple times in a normal like conversation with them... The seeds have been Hopefully planted. I'll see him at the... He wasn't at the market on Sunday... So, right on Saturday. So, hopefully, in an upcoming that's good for his because I didn't think anyone was at the downtown market on Sunday. Well, they're at the, that's because they're at they're the Wheeler, Wheeler Farm. Farm. Yes, sowing the seeds of hummus. Yes, so chickpeas. It they're delicious. <laughs> yeah, his hummus is delicious. Anyways, so does he make it himself, like with his feet? It's not wine. Feet? <laughs> no, but they actually. What is wrong with so you? if you taste their hummus, it's much, much more different than if you got like sober or something like that. They use their feet. Right, because they use their feet. <laughs> no, it's because they how they soak the beans actually, and it is. I mean, I eat on everything. It's amazing. So I, 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 I back am, to back to the whole. That is part of eating local week. I, so. I am I am curious. What what is everyone's favorite local producer? I guess right now, mine's salsa del diablo. Do you have one, Jeremy? Locally, meaning like a local Mr. Kinkles or. <laughs> little Miss Kinkles. That turned out to be little Mr. Kinkles, who we yeah. got rid of. I'm just saying, like, do you have a, a local product that you like? So uh, those spices that, that you got us from... Is from it, Mountain West? Yeah, because they changed what, it. What's her name now? Amy's <laughs> on cooking. Cottonwood. It's cottonwood spices. Those, spices. <laughs> those were really amazing. And, of course, oil stuff, but you don't eat that. However... Um, but you could. And you could. Actually, you could. She told us you could put it on your <laughs> salad. Yeah, I wouldn't eat the soap, though. It does have lye in it. Yeah. But uh, beard oil, you could put right on your salad and make a Caesar salad on it. But no, those sure. spices mm, we got. Sandalwood. Those spices we got were really good. It's good. What about you, Bree? Do you have a favorite local uh, eatery? Um, does Buzz count? Mm, um, not really. Does chocolate conspiracy count? Absolutely, in my opinion, chocolate comp- conspiracy would count. They're a local producer. They don't grow the beans. So, Lizzie's doesn't grow chickpeas. You don't know that. Oh, I do. Chickpeas don't grow here. <laughs> well, then technically, buzzed could be then. Yeah, it's um, it's buzzed and I, probably chocolate. I, I think the difference is buzzed because Remini is down the street. Yeah. Remini is on Fort on uh, Fourth West. I would count con- chocolate conspiracy because it's a locally produced good. Um, so like, hey, I watch them make my chocolate chai I, I, latte. I would keep them in the same category as like a bakery, and bakeries were certainly bubble and brown. Yeah, hands so, down. Uh, that's that's all I'm saying. I would say buzzed qualifies more like a restaurant, coffee shops and restaurants. Maybe like They're still eating local though. Mill Creek Roasters maybe because they roast their own beans. I don't know. Beans and brew would be local then too. I don't care. I get to say buzz because I just okay. I think I think I'm trying to be too picky here. So so I I actually (laughs) I had Jess print a couple of the lists off that website because I thought it would be cool to talk about Um, Canyon Meadow Farms because I they're the only people that I know that 
packages of flat iron steak. And it there is amazing. Um, I had on my steak on my pizza last night. I, I'm sad to say that I don't actually pay real close attention to which ranches and farms I actually get my meat from when I get it from the farmer's market. You know what boots you get it from, though? They're in Altamont. Sometimes. I don't always remember. Which is by Bernal. Actually, uh, it's technically by Roosevelt. Oh, I and got then the, the, those Vernal people. I got their uh, their pork Italian sausage for our pizza um, a few weeks ago. I think that's the only one over by Vernal that comes to our market, isn't it? Altamont is yeah, where they're from. I think that was the. They're delicious. That was really good. Yeah, it was pretty good. I think my sausage is better, but you know, I'm partial. Um, but I, uh, okay, so I want to talk about first where to buy. Um, so this is this is one thing to keep in mind. So Harmons, I'm a big proponent of Harmons. Harmons does a ton of Utah products. You can buy Chocolate Conspiracy and Ruby Snap at Harmons. Yeah, well, and beyond that, there's a lot of produce, cheese. So like it, when it's in season, they try to buy produce from local farmers. Uh, they do right, a lot of local cheeses. Right now in Harmons, they have the baskets made by the people in Africa. <laughs> when you That's walk in local. the front door. What the hell is wrong with you? We're that not is not local. That. They are a major grocery store, so they do carry a lot of other stuff. But they carry That's got a the lot. picture of the person who actually made each basket. And they do have a they, they, they do have a Utah's own label for anything that is made in Utah. That is true. It's labeled on, in the aisles. It's got a, a special thing that sticks out. Um, so and, and you can go to the website for the Eat Local Week, and they have all of these lists on there. What was um, the beer that you saw the other day that we didn't know that they carried? Uh, Remember some of, the ta- some of the talisman stuff, some yeah. of the new talisman beers, yeah. Oh, at Harmons, yeah. That must well, be and I knew they carried them, but there's a couple new ones that I hadn't seen there before. So, um, but there's like 13th Street Market Caputo's. Uh, it has a lot of uh, local artisan stuff. Are you uh, insure those guys? Days Market in Heber, I don't know, and Provo. I don't. It's know actually Days is. is actually now Lee's. This is because oh, I just barely no, drove by it on no. Sunday going to the. That's okay. Sheepdog thing. And then there's a place up in Midway if you ever go there. Uh, Jade Market in Salt Lake, um, Liberty Heights Fresh, um, and a lot of these place. are. It's so cute. A lot of these are primarily produce and meat from from local sources. So you've got uh, local flavors and mar- market and cafe and Sandy uh, Myers Fine Foods up in Highland. Myers, by the way, their fucking chicken is so good. If you have never had Myers Fried Chicken, you need to go get Myers Fried Chicken no, from up in Highland. Chicken. Are they partnered with Oscar? <laughs> Dude, you purposely just try to like <laughs> grind the podcast to a hold, Jeremy. So I got is that is that a, <laughs> Oscar Mayer? Oh Jesus! I got it. You were gone. I'm, I'm, I'm sure the audience may have gotten it too. But it flew me. Come on, Oscar right Mayer. over my head. Sorry, sorry. sorry. My, look, your your level of dadness is far superior to mine. Well, he has twice as many kids, and he's been a parent twice as long. That's true. It wears on you. See why I'm so gray. <laughs> You just can't see Chris's gray because he's kind of blonde. And there's Redmond's. There's uh, <laughs> Heritage Farms uh, all over the place. There's the market at Park City. There's the Urban Farm and Feed and Holiday. And then there's Whole Foods. This is a, that's an, I get that they carry local, but that shouldn't even be on this yeah, list. Yeah, I'm not going to count Whole Foods. Don't fucking go to Whole Foods. Go to a local place. Go to Harmon's. Yeah, the other thing about most of these places is their local businesses, too, supporting yeah. So local. if you remember when Farmer Luke was on the show, there's a Whole Foods not not 
not a full block away from him. And when they opened up, he went to them to say, hey, I'm a local farmer a block away. And they're like, no, they're like, fuck no, you. No, we, we got our stuff from Uruguay. Yeah, so <laughs> don't go to Whole Foods. <laughs> Just don't patronize that business. Go to. I like Sprouts more than I like Whole Foods, personally. I like Sprouts. Um, I feel like their, their food's better. I, I also feel like they're less pretentious. Like, you're less likely to find fake bullshit health cereal like you do at Whole Foods that's just fucking Fruit Loops with a different label on it. That's uh, Trader Joe's, too. Yeah, fuck. Just their own brand. Yeah, and you go there and it's like all these hoity-toity. To be fair, Trader Joe's isn't trying to pretend to be health food. They just have Trader Joe's brand, which is supposedly They do have delicious dry freeze blueberries, though. I don't know. It's downtown by where Brie works. I don't give a fuck about it. There's the one in Fort Union, too. Yeah, the one in Fort Union. And they're opening one in Utah County. Guess what? None of those places are near where I live, <laughs> and I'm not going out of my way to go to that fucking place. <laughs> if you go boxing, you can come on the way home. Down 7200 South. That is out of my way. Mm-hmm. I don't go down 7200 South. I've been to Trader Joe's one time. Is it on the way to I-215 from boxing? It can be. It's on the other it's, side. Yeah, it's it like the be? same road. No, it can't be. You cross that road <laughs> to get to 215. Yeah, but I have to turn, right? No, you have to turn left. Yeah, so I'm not turning. <laughs> that's my point. <laughs> Smart ass. So anyway, yeah, go to Harmon's. That's that's the one place. I, I, I go because it's like four blocks from my house, and I love their, their selection of produce and meat. They just opened that brand new Harmon's by us in that new shopping center. Oh, yeah, we drove past it on your way back. Really nice. I went to that way back. over there. They have oh, giant fancy. banners on the side of their building. Apparently, building. we drove past it on your way back is what I just said. Yeah, well. <laughs> on my way back. Cool. <laughs> is there how that worked? Uh, so there's that. So anyway, um, markets and we talk about the downtown market a lot and we've mentioned a few others like the Wheeler farm market. There are a lot of markets that go on. Over oh, so you're, so you have two Ogden? Markets? Yeah, we've, we've talked, talked about, about Ogden City. a little bit. So there's the 25th street in Ogden, Ashley Valley farmers market in Vernal. Uh, if you happen to be out there, Stansbury has one on Saturdays. Um, Bountiful has one on Thursdays. Um, Downtown St. George. That one used to be on Wednesdays. Should we just focus on Salt Lake and just screw all these other places like Why? Cedar City? No, but we don't need to go through the whole thing because I can link to it. But just yeah. be mindful of checking the dates because um, oh, yeah. harvest season ends in October. Yeah, most um, of them are. Most of them do end in October. The cool thing about Cedar City is it's year-round because they've got the weather for it. No, they don't. Cedar City has the same weather as we do. Year-round. Yeah, but it doesn't mean they have so, the weather for it. So technically, the downtown farmer's market is year-round because they do move it inside, but yeah. it's less growers and more, more art, products. More yeah. art and products and, and artists and products. Not so much art, but uh, just like... It looks like the Soaps Cedar City one, they might ha- hold in pastries and things. And so salsas. Gardner, I know where the IFA is, too. So Gardner Village has a farmer's market on Saturdays. I believe uh, that is new this year. Really? Yeah. It's only from 9 to 1, um, so it's a little bit shorter. Um, that could be interesting. I like that area. Um, it's kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> funny that you like it or funny area? <laughs> I don't know. It's like this cute little place. I've only been there once, and it was kind of, uh, it's a nice little, like, they have good fried green village. tomatoes at Archibald's. Boutique shopping. I've never been to Archibald's. We just the had some catered dinner there. Really? So yeah. it's like, like tourist trap souvenir Kinda. shit? Kind of. Yeah. So it's like, like a Cracker Barrel Like Utah Mom in. Place. There's like a Cracker Utah Barrel Like Utah Mom Shopping. Oh, there oh. used to be a Cracker Barrel. No, there. not anymore. Archibalds, Just Archibalds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's, uh, I'm just looking for anything else that's up here. There's a... Uh, Tuacon. Man, there's a bunch way up up in like uh, Summit County. So the Tuacon one is March through December, so that's kind of cool. Murray Park is Friday and Saturday. Um, 
Moab has a market. Uh, oh, uh, of note, the University of Utah does a fall market, and that just started uh, uh, like two weeks ago, I think. Oh, cool. And that goes August, October. It's on Thursdays from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Oh, nice, nice. That's a good. That's a good trick. Uh, and the regular farmers market is Tuesday nights, right? As well, now. Yes. Through the harvest yes. season till dusk, which is getting so. earlier. And Sugar House's market is on Wednesdays yes. from five to eight. So um, I don't see any Monday markets on here. So. I've got Monday, I've got Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, do we have any Friday night markets on here? Um, the Murray Park Friday and Saturday. Happy Valley Farmers Market yeah, in, one in American, American Fork. Fork. Yeah, Murray Park. There was one in Liberty, but I believe that it has ended. But it's not even on here. Yeah, no Monday ones. Must be gone. So it's family night. So if you don't get your shit really on Saturday night. from the regular farmers market or Sunday at Wheeler Farm, then you're fucked on Monday. Um, my winter deliveries are on Tuesday when I don't cancel them, which is like every Tuesday now. So I really that you don't cancel it, or that you do? No, that I do cancel it. Oh. I don't ever. Maybe get you just it. need to cancel it. I think I'm going to. I got suckered in at Halloween Expo a couple years ago. <laughs> it was it was good for a while, but now that the girls are gone, yeah, you don't need four we, gallons of milk. We, a week. we just don't go through the milk, and it's just not worth the, the time. And like I forget, and then we have like three things of milk that we don't drink or abuse. So, um, since we're talking about harvesting, uh, an event that's coming up that. We've talked about before the last couple of years, but now we kind of know we've met with both parties. The Green Urban Lunchbox Harvest Bash is at the Gart the Garten. Garten. The Garten Mountain at West. Mount West Cider. Yep. On the fifteenth. It pretty much goes almost all day. I believe tickets are I wanna say they're even either eleven or fifteen. I totally forgot to write it down. So I'll post that information. Um, but this is an opportunity to go donate um, for their fundraisers and also try their the green bottling that they cider. do Yep, every every fall. I bet the Green Urban Lunchbox is busier than busy right now with peaches and everything else. Uh, they were up at the Sheepdog thing. Lots doing, of rotting shit everywhere. Doing, uh, they had the apple cider and they had grapes this time. I didn't oh. try the grapes. I saw the apples. I did drink the apple cider. I saw the apples under Jeremy's tree. They're just like fucking falling off the tree. The chickens like them, though. Yeah. I don't... When do you guys pick them? There's, there's not enough, and the bugs got them. I don't know if you noticed they're all... Yeah, they, they were all pretty hashed. So, so as picking. they fall off, I just throw them into the chickens. So, how do you how do you guys... Uh, I'm, I know this is kind of detracting from Green Urban Lunchbox, but how do you guys deal with bugs? Because you don't spray because of the bees. So, are, are there other ways that you have been able to... Because you've harvested a lot we of have, times. We have. So, when... We, we do organics. We find online or like at IFA. IFA is perfect. You go in and you say, I need something organic. I've got bees. And so they have organic type sprays that you can use. You so were just lazy this year. I just didn't get to it this year. Just, I mean. Fucking waste of apples. We, we were just talking about planting and now here we are talking about harvest. So it's just, I just yeah, it got away from me. It was a, the summer went fast. Does anyone feel like the summer went fast for them? Went fast for me. So, do you want to talk about Evermore as well, Jess? I don't. If you put the question, do we want to talk about this? Well, it's fine. It's coming to fruition. It's opening on the eighth Friday. Is. They're having their opening party. Apparently, they've partnered with Fanex. Mm-hmm. Um, to so, do like Fanex's sort of opening party. So, what are they there? doing right. there? It's is it at the location at yeah. their site? So it's, it's and it's a, it's adults only. It's in Pleasant Grove. 
Yeah, so it's a 21 plus party, I think, because they want to serve alcohol. Probably. Have a special event permit. Is it like yeah. a Halloween party kind of? It's their opening. Just so let me tell you. Let me tell you whatever more is and what it isn't. So you, you, if you've followed the show for a couple of years, we've talked about it off and on. Um, I know the guy behind it um, fairly well. Um, he is a, um, I don't know. Uh, he's a partner uh, for some of the stuff that I do, uh, other stuff that I do. But uh, Evermore, you've probably seen big giant models. You've seen them at Comic-Con slash the Steampunk Man past with the awesome. Steampunk Man. That is not what Evermore is. That is the grander vision. At some point, maybe years and years and years and years from now, that might come to fruition. Um, but what Evermore is, is, is it's kind of this... Event space. It's an event space and it's an immersive garden. So they, the the guy that owns it um, owns a, a huge nursery as well, uh, a couple of them actually. Um, and the the land they've they've done a bunch of landscape architecture with my something cousin something removed is the horticulturist for the ground. Yeah, and it's so it is a beautifully planted and designed space. Um, they have plans for doing a bunch of things with it. I don't know what the lore experience is. I wonder if it's tied to the void. So this, this, the, the guy that, uh, created Evermore is also one of the founders and creators of the void. Um, we've also talked about the void is that virtual reality company that now is in like downtown Disney doing the star Wars experiences at the Madame Trousseau's locations, uh, doing a bunch of different stuff. They've done ghostbusters things and, um, it's a really cool uh, VR experience. So I don't know what lore is. So just keep in mind, whatever more is not is that giant theme park. What it is, is, a, is still a Victorian style experience. It's much smaller. It's more like a garden space, like a Thanksgiving. They have point. actors. They hired actors. So they got buildings now. Catering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, oh, there's, yeah, there's, there's buildings. There's there's garden space. It's a really beautiful area. I haven't been there in a few months, but um, this is it. This is the launch. This is a real thing. So a few years ago, they did Pumpkin Fest. Uh, Jess is showing Jeremy a picture now. A few years ago, they did Pumpkin Fest, which was kind of a, an attempt to see what it was going to be like, uh, see if they could get the interest. Um, the, the guy who has created this Halloween is his thing. Um, and so you will see Evermore launch this, this coming weekend. Um, so is it kind of like, um, Gardner village or kind of like Thanksgiving yeah, point? Yeah, like like something like that. It's more right of an now. event space though. Gotcha. Yeah, right now, more along those lines, like Thanksgiving point is a really good, uh, example of, of what it's it got the like. gardens and it's got the events. Got you can events, do weddings. There's little or, shops and, yeah. and stuff like that, that you can, you can go to. So that's kind of the idea right now. There is a grander vision behind it at some point. Um, if you're interested in learning about it, you can go to their website. Um, you can also, they, they're doing a couple panels at Fanex. Uh, I know they're doing one mm-hmm. specifically on Evermore at Fanex that might be on worth going to see. Thursday at like three is yeah. the, yeah. Um, but just reach out to them. They're, they love talking about it. This is a, this is a group of people that are incredibly passionate about what they're and doing. They're very talented. The, they really are. the statues that they've created, these buildings. I mean, it's just, I drove by it like a couple months ago. I think it's been now. Um, what was at the end of June? And, I mean, it just, it's crazy that this is going to, it's, it's, you know, walled in and it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a neat experience, but yeah, it's not going to be theme parky. It's just more of a 
an experience. Yeah. yeah. It'll be it'll be fun to go to and you know if it does well, uh they'll be able to add more to it. Uh they've sunk I mean this is this is the creator's dream space. So he has created something that he's been trying to do his whole life. Uh, so this is uh, this is very much his, his dream kind of coming to life, and he wants to share that with the world, and this is how he's doing it. So um, has a lot of potential. I think it'll be uh, a fun thing. I think cool. people should go. Are they going to do a big Halloween thing then this year? I, I assume so. I, I so assume the first announcement that I have seen is for a pumpkin contest. And... Sorry, I'm scrolling. Pumpkin carving contest, and those are due the 6th. Yeah. And they'll dunk them in, like, some preservative shit and be there for a while. Yeah. But for, first place is 200 bucks. Cool, man. Yeah. So, and there's some talented pumpkin carving artists out there. So if you... There's one complimentary beverage with admission. <laughs> a cash bar after that, probably. So, uh... Yeah, it does say cash bar, actually. So Halloween is coming up. Um, we have a really fun episode in a couple of weeks planned because our producer's awesome. Um, the folks at Asylum 49 have invited us out. Um, they're opening, right? Yes, on the 14th, opening night um, for the so season. Is that the weekend we'll be there? That's yeah, the night that's we'll, the be night there. we'll be there. So we'll, yes. be, we'll be there opening night. Uh, we'll be recording our show uh, live from there, and you will be hearing it four or five days later, not live. Because <laughs> that's how podcasts work, folks. And I don't because know. Jeremy's in Disneyland. Shh, don't fucking ruin the illusion. I'm not going anywhere. Jeremy's going to be here. We're going to record <laughs> and pump out an episode at this. Never mind. If you don't know how a podcast works by now, folks, um, thanks for joining us for the last 50 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we really appreciate your presence. Um, no, I think it'll be fun. So look forward to that here. Uh, episode 121. Perhaps uh, one of us will piss ourselves. Um, probably won't be me. Might but, be. Uh, you never know. I doubt it. I doubt it. I mean, maybe if I have a lot of water and it's hard to get to a bathroom. Why do you think that one of us is going to piss ourselves? That place is fucking haunted. It's terrifying. Look, let me be clear. I don't believe in that shit. Like, <laughs> if you haven't picked up on that by now listening to the show, I'm not a firm believer in that stuff. Um, but that place is fucking spooky as shit. Like, even if you don't believe in hauntedness, it is spooky. The, the, like, if you've, ne if you've never gone to that haunted house... That's it's worth the trip. There's nothing else in this world worth a trip to Tooele. Well, and this is the second year that it, it's expanded because the other side is not the nursing home anymore. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So, uh, it, it I, you'll never hear me say something's worth driving to Tooele for. This is worth driving to Tooele for. This jerky. and this alone. And it's one of those... Did you see beef jerky? <laughs> beef jerky. It's one of those places yes, that, whether you believe it or not, there is all kinds of documented stuff that you cannot explain that has happened there. Yeah, and It's probably one of the only episodes of, well, their most recent. So they Ghost Adventures has been out there two times, and their last one was terrifying. I. It's very rare that I will watch that show and be like... I don't want to go to that place, but I, I just the can't. last episode was pretty terrifying. I don't know how you watch those damn shows. I don't usually. They're not, they're not my thing. I don't I usually. But it is like, look, even if you don't believe in ghosts, there's something to be said about walking into a room. Now, this is this is when it's running as a haunted house. They don't fucking do anything in the room. They just put a character in there because it is an old fucking mental hospital. And it is like 1960s style mental hospital where it is 
creepy as fuck just being in the room. So like uh, the the best comparison I can make is um, when what's that show on FX the horror, American Horror American Story. Story when they did Asylum. Yeah, the way those rooms are in Asylum, that is what you're looking at. Similar, yep. Yeah, very similar stuff, and it's just it's fucking creepy, and I don't even believe in that shit. The ambiance, but supposedly people died and things happened. Well, like I say, there's there's all kinds of stuff that has been documented there by all kinds of different people. Did you say documented? Documented, documented. Is that like a donkey? Yeah, I'm just making. It's when stuff a donkey, up. a donkey writes stuff down. Documented. I'm writing it down. <laughs> documented. <laughs> But yes, lots of stuff that's happened that's, that you can't, has not been explained. Documented. Don- <laughs> Documented. I just, I don't even know if I spell it right, but that's what we're going with. It's going to give me, it's going to give me a freaking aneurysm when I write the show notes and it says it's spelled wrong. All right. With us today is Kara Jean Means. Hi, Kara. Kara Jean. I'm going to call you Kara Jean the rest of the episode. Or Kara All right. Jean. No, it's Kara. 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 Yeah, I asked. We're just cutting. Don't mess it up already. <laughs> this is legit like every interview that we do. I ask how to pronounce a name, and then I screw it up the first five I, minutes. I might, I've had my landlord for 18 months, and he still can't get my name right. And I keep saying, <laughs> he'll walk in the door, and I'd be like, what's my name? What's my name? I should start saying that you, I get to pay you like $20 less in rent every month. But you, <laughs> you know, you should just give him a different name every time. Or just have that uh, that Say My Name, Say My Name song. Just the part, Say My Name, Say My Name. Right. Just have it on your phone. Just play it every time he comes by. As soon as he walks in the door. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, Kara Jean, we, we have you on today um, really to talk about your art. But I think before we get into that, we we like to get a brief history of time, um, where you came from, what your background is. and uh, Jeremy likes conception, but I think that's a little too <laughs> We can leave sometimes. that out this week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but tell us just a little bit about yourself briefly, you know, where you come from and... Uh, where you how, grew up, etc. Yeah, you got yeah. here. And... Okay, well, I grew up in southern Indiana and central Kentucky, Um that's a long ways from here, by the way. Yeah, well, and the cities I grew up in are really close to each other, but but they're in opposite states. And so it's hard to say I'm from Indiana. I was born in Indiana, but I don't really want to say that I'm from Indiana. I want to, I'll say I'm from Kentucky because no I spent more of my childhood in Kentucky. No one really wants to be from the armpit of the U.S. That's and I don't know <laughs> if anyone wants to be from Kentucky either, but <laughs> I, I, uh, I do, I do like my, I like being able to say I'm from Kentucky. Hey, some of the best whiskey comes out of Kentucky. That's true. That's right. That's right. Well, so yeah, I grew up in Kentucky and, um, came out to Utah to go to BYU uh, as all of my siblings had done. So I just kind of thought, well, I'll do the same thing they're doing. And, um, had you ever been to Utah before that, or was that what brought you here primarily? Um, no, we lived in, we lived in Orem for two years randomly. My parents were like, let's move to Orem. And we moved to Orem. (laughs) Like you do. (laughs) And, uh, lived there for two years and then decided to move back to Kentucky and um, that's like huge. Why on earth, Orem? Did he have a job or um, something? Because well, that's like really randomly no, odd. 
My my dad's family is all from Utah and uh, Idaho. Gotcha. My mom's family's from Indiana. Um, so we just decided to come out and be closer to his family for a while. Gotcha. Do the compromise for a year or two. Yeah, yeah. And then um, uh, I guess my mom just started missing Kentucky too much and Indiana and not liking Orem like you do. I don't know. I don't, I don't think know. anyone really misses too, Orem. <laughs> I was too young to really know what was happening. I, you know, just I was fourteen when we moved back to Kentucky. But um, yeah, I went to BYU when I was just barely eighteen and got married within like nine months. Like you do. Yeah, like you do, yeah. Well, I, mean, well, so no, I guess not your I, brother, I, right? Cause, I'm not I mean, <laughs> Kentucky. <laughs> I'm just saying. Who are you? No, it I didn't matter. Meet, She's from I Kentucky. Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, none of that happening. We, I guess, and I'm not giving myself enough credit that it wasn't nine months later. It was. It was. 13 months later. See, that uh, is a huge difference. Yeah, big, it is. You can it learn is. a lot about somebody in four months. Yeah. So we've been married 17 years. I mean, we've really, you know, cranked it out and made it made it work. So is, uh, he from, is your husband from Utah then? Well, here's the, the funniest story <laughs> is, is that I went to junior high in Orem with his sister. Oh. And had a sleepover at her house, but he wasn't around. He was like hiding, I'm sure. And so when I met him, I figured out I knew his sister and she had a CD that she borrowed from me. And I said, I want my CD back. And this was like seven years later. <laughs> finally, Did I you finally get got my CD back. Well, I had to marry him to get my CD back. <laughs> so the, the important question is though, what was the CD? Yeah. It was the monkey's greatest hits. Oh, there you go. That's See, important. that's worth it right there. You want that back. You don't want to lose that. But now I don't even have a CD player. You know, it's. <laughs> I don't know a lot of people do anymore. And suck. Maybe your car. I know. I know. I'm a car. But um, yeah, we uh, we raised our kids, started our family in the in Utah County area, um, and then our you know situation of faith and belief changed and we decided like you do <laughs> like you do um and and another thing is you know we were in utah kind of more by default rather than choice and sure. we thought you know we'd kind of like to explore and um i didn't want to move back to kentucky because um my husband's a computer programmer um not a lot of work for computer programmers like you like you do like you do yeah. well especially like from you utah do. county just be a programmer you're but, a programmer um, or you run an mlm that's what you yeah do. yeah or you program for an mlm maybe <laughs> the trifecta um so we just said, well, we don't want to get, go to Kentucky because there's not enough work there. And I was in school for art and I just didn't feel like Kentucky was super artsy. They do have a lot of like craft, like, um, folk, folk art. Melting. Yeah. Well, like <laughs> folk art crafts and bluegrass music and stuff. Pretty, pretty vibrant in that area. But so we decided to go to Houston. Oh. Uh, Houston's got Houston a lot of art. Houston is big and lots of art and lots of variety and warm weather. Um, so we went to Houston. We lived in Houston for four years. And, um, well, not quite four, but I went to school at the University of Houston and got my degree in art. Very and cool. it had been kind of a long time coming for me. Like I 
I was more of a hobby artist. Um, but I kept saying, no, if I go back to school, it's going to be for something more practical. But after toying around with other things for a while, I, I did massage therapy for a while. I, um, thought about teaching for a while and had a bunch of kids. We have four kids. Um, finally was like, you know what? I'm going crazy. I need to go back to school. <laughs> um, I had twins. Our last oh, was wow. twins. Um, and then I was like, I am losing my mind. So when they were two, um, I went back to school and we moved to Houston and I got my degree there and I'm really glad I did. I feel like it's made me a better artist. Um, for sure. I mean, I was still doing some really dumb things with my art <laughs> that, only art nerds would understand if I said. <laughs> <laughs> so then what brought you back to Utah? How did we get back to here? Well, so um, my father passed away kind of suddenly. And I just thought, you know what? Houston's a long way off to be. And I didn't want my children to only interact with their family once a year. You know, and right. um, I think it's that sting of mortality that just makes you be like, yeah, we need to be near people we know and love. And and my allergies in Houston were bonkers. Every day of my life, I was wow. popping pills. Allergies were such a huge thing for huh. me in Houston. I don't know. So we thought, well, where can we go that's warm? That's close to Utah, but not Utah. Idaho's not warm. Idaho's not warm. I was going to so say St. George or Las Vegas. We went to Vegas. Las we actually Vegas. moved to Las Vegas and we lived there nine months. And we were just like, after nine months, we just did not. We weren't happy. <laughs> it's a great I, place to visit, but not so much to live. Well, I couldn't get into the art scene very well. I tried on several occasions, but felt like it was just not a good fit for me down there. Um, my husband didn't like his job. He worked for casinos and as a programmer for casinos and it was just kind of soul sucking. And, um, uh, we weren't happy with the schools and, uh, you know, we were just like, this is not it. Um, so we made a choice to come back to Utah. And I think that was a really good thing for us to have made a choice to leave and to make a choice to come back that we weren't here kind of by default because this is where all our family is. Right. We said we want to go back because it has a lot of enticing things. And so we chose Salt Lake and, um, I love it. We've been here now for 18 months. Um, it's, it's a good fit, a really good fit. And I've had a lot of success with my art since we've moved back and my husband's enjoying his job and kids like the schools and I'm even, and this is crazy to hear me say this, but I am even looking forward to the cold. <laughs> you say that now. I know. Everyone I know. Everyone says that, that until January and they're like, In why? Like two dry cold. It's all right. why do I live here? Yeah. <laughs> two weeks I'm going to be like, okay, that's good. I'm cold now. It's time for warmth. But yeah, there's no nor'easters. You're good. Uh, we have a um, swamp cooler in our hundred year old house. And so all the smells of my neighbors and the street, <laughs> all the pollens and everything comes into my house and I'm tired of smelling everything. I like ready to like shut the windows and turn on some heat. <laughs> well, I mean, who knows next week it could be below zero. The way you I don't know. 
but yeah, here I am. I've um, spent a few months kind of looking around for the right kind of job here in Salt Lake for me because I, I do enjoy creating art, but I also want a full-time job right. where I feel like I'm really using my skills and talents for something I enjoy and took a couple internships and finally got a job recently with KRCL um, doing develop, uh, doing it's called underwriting, which is similar to development for KRCL. And I'm enjoying it so far. I'm on week three of working. Oh, very cool. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good place for a, an artist to work as yeah. a, you know, yeah. a, a place like KRCL. Yeah. So. yeah. A lot of creative people in, in one space. So, so how, how'd you hear about us? Cause you came to us, Carrie Jean. We didn't, yeah, I did. to you. Well, um, <laughs> it's true. It's true. I came to you and I was like, but I can only give 30 minutes of my time. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, it's That's okay. okay. You have cool things to do. Oh, my bed. My bed is cool. Yeah. <laughs> when you're getting sick, that's the coolest. Uh, I'm not even be. getting sick in my bed. Sounds good to me. Uh, <laughs> um, I was actually doing an AmeriCorps Vista position with the Green Urban Lunchbox over oh, the summer. Sweet. We love those guys. And I saw that he was on your show. And um, I'm just, you know, looking for opportunity to promote the uh, painting series that I have. And I thought you guys would be good person to do that with so so what is this painting series that you have out there right now so um it is a 10 portrait series on mental health um i painted well i got the idea to paint the series and uh you know thought it through and found my participants and then cranked out 11 paintings in 11 months um, wow. but uh, one of the paintings I actually did twice i was not satisfied with it so i painted it completely again i like the brand new canvas and oh, wow. redid it wow. what's your medium what are you working primarily it's all acrylic gotcha. um and uh it's uh, tells the stories of 10 real people and their experiences with mental mental health and mental illness so what what made you decide to do that as a project um my husband has had a lifetime of anxiety and depression, and um, for many years I was very sympathetic, but not necessarily empathetic, um, until until my father passed away, and I started experiencing a lot of really weird physical symptoms that I thought would, I thought I had like some some sort of heart defect or something. Um, I was having heart palpitations. Um, feeling like I couldn't get enough air. Uh, my face would get tingly. I started feeling, um, a lot of lack of self-confidence, irrational fears. Sounds like some anxiety. Well, I was like, oh, I have a hole in yeah, my heart. There's borderline panic attacks. Yeah. Well, and I went to the doctor and I, and I had her listen to my heart and she was like, well, I hear something and I just started bawling. Like I'm laying there on the doctor's table and I just started crying. And she was like, Oh, it's, it's okay. But still, I want you to get tested. Yeah. <laughs> You're fine, but still let's do three tests. So I, um, wore a heart monitor for almost a month and I went and ran on a treadmill and did all this stuff. And they're like, You're fine. After three months or after, sorry, one month of tests, one month, three tests. Um, they're like, yeah, you're fine. Um, 
And then the symptoms started going away, but then nine months later, my grandma passed away and I was actually there taking care of her during her final days of life, mm-hmm. um, which was a new experience for me and um, very emotional, very physically stressful. And I started getting all of those symptoms back again. And I got home after a long trip of, of that and um, told my husband and he's like, yeah, I think that's just anxiety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said, do you feel this? Do you feel this? Do you feel this? And he's like, yeah, I feel that every day. <laughs> and that was this moment that hit me of, of empathy where I was like, oh my gosh, you feel this when you tell me you feel, um, like you have sacks of weight, like hanging on your body and like walking and getting through your day is like sludging, you know, pushing through sludge. When you say that, that's, I get it now. Right. Or when you say you feel like, um, you're going to like, you can't breathe. I get it now. I mean, just the fact that I was, feeling what he feels. And I was only feeling it for a month or so of my life, right? While I was going through, um, something that definitely gives people stress and anxiety, right? Like death in the family is Mm -hmm. something that you should, you most likely will feel something from. He gets that every day of his life for no reason at all. Right. Um, that's what it's like living with anxiety that's what it's like living with, um, depression and with, uh, PTSD and all these things. And so I wanted to visually represent that. Um, that's what, that's the part of art that I really enjoy is the narrative parts of art. I would say that I am primarily an illustrator who paints like a fine artist. Um, illustration is more, you would consider it like children's book illustration or graphic novels or, or whatnot. But, um, I kind of, I like to do like fine art painting, but go about it in a very illustrative and narrative way. Um, so I said, I want to, I want to, I want to visually express what I'm feeling physically. Um, and the painting I did for myself, um, is the one where I'm being pinned to the ground by this giant hand and the finger is like right on top of my heart. And it was a feeling of being totally crippled and incapacitated and held down by grief and anxiety and, uh, depression and stress and whatever else. But then I realized there's a lot more stories to tell besides my own. Um, so I wanted to start including other people and find out what it was like for other people. And so I reached out to actually just put it on Facebook, um, like a Las Vegas artist group on Facebook and asked for people who would be interested in participating in this series. And, uh, I found a few a few total strangers, um, a few friends, uh, a few family members, and then myself and my husband that I ended up painting. So when you find these people, how does it go? Do you interview them? Do you talk to them? How do you, how do you get your inspiration for each of these people? Um, I, I would just say, you know, let, let's talk about, well, I, I was less interested in their actual pathology than I was 
the, their day-to-day living mm-hmm. and what they dealt with on a day-to-day basis. Because um, the side effects, I think, are very like crossing, they cross paths with each other as far as like you could have PTSD, but you could have a conversation with someone, somebody who has um, anxiety and you'd have a lot in common. Um, so I didn't want the paintings to be, this painting is about schizophrenia. This painting is about PTSD. You know, I didn't want it to be that rigid. I wanted it to be more about what do you deal with on a daily basis? Um, and, and the way I would describe it to them to try to get their creative juices flowing was, I would say, if you had to picture your mental illness as a giant hand that manipulates you. What does that look like? Hmm. And what does that feel like? That's cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, just hearing you talk about your your own condition, the the narrative verbally and and with words is is incredibly powerful. And you don't hear a lot of people talk about mental health in that regard. Um, So I can, you know, I've seen some of your work now, and and your work expresses a lot of that very, very well. So yeah, and one of the paintings. well, and that's a the uh, the common expression I got out of almost everyone was I don't know how to talk about it. I don't feel comfortable talking about it. I don't feel like I'm allowed to talk about it. That was kind of the 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 feeling I was getting from all of my participants. And so one of the paintings is the giant hand is um like covering a woman's mouth and throat as to prevent her from being able to speak. And the look in her eyes looks like she's pleading, like I want to speak, but can't kind of, that's kind of the overall feel of the painting. Um, Because there's so much, there's so much shame involved in speaking about it. There's also, a lot of confusion. Like, um, even if you're not ashamed to talk about it, you might not know how to talk about it. You might not know how to explain it in a way that someone else would get it. Well, and like you said with your husband before you, before you had experienced it yourself, you didn't even really understand. So how do you explain that to somebody who doesn't understand? It's very difficult. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm hoping to do with these paintings. Um, I've titled the series, uh, grip, as in, you know, get a grip or losing grip, um, grip. And the subtitle is conversational portraits on mental health, because I feel like um, I, I hope at least that the paintings visually narrate something that's really hard to understand and that we can then, um, start conversation based on these paintings. What was the, the most surprising thing that you learned during this project, during your interview process and your painting process? Um, the first thing that comes to mind is how open people would be with me once I started presenting myself as someone who is listening um, people would just spill everything. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, they, they finally got someone that was willing to talk to them and, and actually listen. And well, I think that's part of depression is you don't think that people want to listen to. Sure, sure. Well, and, and there were times that I felt completely um, uh, unqualified to listen to them. 
Uh, so there were moments I was like, oh my gosh, they're, they're bringing me some really heavy stuff. And now I'm afraid I'm going to say the wrong thing. Uh, or now I'm afraid I'm going to give them advice that's wrong and I, and I don't want to be giving advice. And so it took me a, a few occurrences to recognize they don't want advice. Um, they just want connection. Um, I had someone reached out to me on Facebook who I knew 20 years ago. Um, and she just was like, Hey, I want you to paint my story. And, and I have to be clear here that I'm not painting any more of these paintings. This, this was like, this was the plan was to paint these and then put them out there. I, I just, it's too heavy to continue painting yeah, I all, over and over, but I, I've said, I want to go paint rainbows and kittens for a while. Um, <laughs> Unicorns of glitter. Unicorns yes. are in thing right now. Just so glitter. I mean, everything glittered. <laughs> but um, she just, she, she reached out to me on Facebook and she said, I would be interested in commissioning you to paint my story. And I'm like, okay, you know, I, okay. And then she sends back like seven paragraphs. This was on Facebook Messenger, right? She sent like seven mm -hmm. paragraphs about stuff. And I'm like, oh my goodness. All right. She obviously needs to tell someone this. And I listened and I read it and listened and tried to respond in a way that was like, I am not qualified to give you any advice, mm -hmm. uh, but I hear you. And I am um, emotionally supportive of, of you. And I just, I could tell she just needed someone to hear her story and to hear what she had to say. Um, so that I guess has been really surprising to me that people would be that willing to tell me everything and, and, and almost look to me as some sort of, uh, help. I don't know. Uh, because I certainly don't feel like I'm mentally balanced enough to give. <laughs> yeah. So th this project is on display right now through the end of September, right? That's correct. It's at, um, so Salt Lake Community College, their South Campus, which is on 17th South and State Street. It's the campus that has the Center for Arts and Media, and they have a gallery called the George S. and Dolores Dore Eccles Art Gallery. Um, it's uh, I, I at the corner. every art gallery in, in any Utah. university in Utah is the Dolores S. Eccles. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, George, yeah. George and George Dolores. And Dolores. <laughs> yeah, I better get this is George S. and Dolores Eccles. Well, um, so it's a, this particular gallery is a small space. Uh, it's at the corner of the building, and you'll see a bunch of windows. It's, mm -hmm. So there was an old high school there mm -hmm. that they mm -hmm. added on to as the campus, and it's out on the newer, like the side of the building that looks newer. There's a fountain and all these windows, and the art is actually right in those windows. So if you were there when it wasn't open, you could like stick your greasy face up against the glass and look <laughs> at some if you wanted. They might. And it's on the east a... side of the building, correct? Yes. Yeah. They might yeah. can, they might confuse you for a homeless person over there. Yeah, so. <laughs> they want to but see they, art too. That's true. That's right. Um, they do have pretty uh, wide hours. I mean, there mm -hmm. it's if the building is open, the art is available. Basically, what made so. you choose that place to do your gallery? 
Um, I had two of the paintings in the president's art show and they approached me and said, Hey, we're having a, you know, open call for artists for our season. You should apply. And I said, Oh, okay. And I applied. Uh, the first time it, it, it premiered, um, at art access in April of this year. So this is now the second time it has been shown in Salt Lake, but I'm pretty excited about this show. Um, that the, uh, patrons of this show should be more like college students. Um, and I'm really hoping for kind of social participation with the show. Um, and that's the thing about, you know, an art gallery is a lot of people would not choose to go interact with art as a, you know, as a recreation or as something to go do. Um, and so if it's in the, if it's on the college campuses, uh, it's going to reach a lot more people, I guess is what I'm saying. A lot more people who wouldn't normally want to look at art because it's there mm -hmm. that's in cool. their path. And that's kind of been one of my goals all along is I, I feel like, you know, the, the statistic is one in every four people, um, has experience with mental health, uh, issues. And, uh, so you figure if it's that prolific, I would like the art itself to be prolific so that all acts, all communities and people have access to it because I'd like it to be an educational tool more than just some pretty paintings. Sorry, that's my phone. Uh, <laughs> um, so what's next for you then after this is done? Unicorns and rainbows. <laughs> unicorns and rainbows. I mean, that's yeah. now. I mean, yeah. You know, Are you going to have an exhibit I, of unicorns? And... Actually, I did not say unicorns. You no, heard my, unicorns. That was my suggestion. I said <laughs> kittens and rainbows. But actually, I don't. I'm really allergic to cats, so it should probably, <laughs> well, it should probably be puppies, puppies and rainbows. Puppies and rainbows. As long as you put a horn on one of the puppies and glitter, I think. Like a better. puppy corn. Yeah, puppy corn. The corn. You could be the inventor that, of the puppy corn. That's totally going to show up on the internet in like a day. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I am about to finish a mural on 800 South and 300 West. It's right next door to Fisher Brewing. Um, the city, uh, the city's redevelopment agency commissioned 15 artists to paint murals in the granary district. And I am one of them. And, uh, there will be like an open house night where you can get a map and go walk and tour all the murals on September 29th. And then, um, and then I don't know. I think I'm just going to like stare at a wall for a few days because I've just been <laughs> cooking and working. Um, I do have a, an idea for another series and it basically has to do with the struggles that women and men sometimes face when going back to work after having been home raising children and, and how to, um, receive value for the things you learn while raising children. Um, because I think it's, it's hard. It's hard to, yeah. it's hard to go into the workplace and say, look, I've been adulting for 15 years. <laughs> I know how to do a lot of stuff. I'm a very, uh, uh, active, smart person, but I don't have a resume. 
Yeah, that's the <laughs> tough part, true. right? That's, you know, that's really hard. Finding like, your place. Like, yeah. What did you do for the last ten years? Um, what didn't I do? Yeah, yeah you're like, I did a lot. But <laughs> it, it, unfortunately, it, it gets a little corny when you try to do things like, oh, well, I'm really good at conflict resolution. <laughs> conflict resolution and, and schedule maintenance. Um, yeah, like it just, it, it can get corny. Catering. However, I, I just feel like, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, uh, I mean, I don't have any delusions in thinking that an art degree is going to make me a ton of money in business, right? Like I knew going back to school for art that, um, I wasn't going to go make the kind of money a programmer makes, right? Yeah. Um, To to be clear, very few degrees actually make you good money. (laughs) True. uh, Especially these days. Um, but I, I do, I do feel like when I started trying to look for work, it was hard because I was like, uh, I know, I know I'm a hard worker and I know I'm smart and I know I can figure things out and, but I have to find someone willing to value that, someone willing to recognize that and give me a, a throw me a bone. I kind of felt like throw me a freaking <laughs> bone. Um, so I, I want to paint this series about that and it will, will involve, um, an empty bird nest that the woman and or man most likely would be all women. Cause that's all I hang out with. Um, <laughs> how do they go about navigating their life as they have to carry this empty bird nest with them everywhere? And so there will be some like interesting visual situations where the woman's trying to do something and, and, and balance this empty bird nest at the same time. That sounds really sounds interesting to me. You better find and, out about this when it happens. And I found an empty bird nest on someone's driveway and I totally <laughs> jumped out of my car and got it. I was like, <laughs> it's a sign. I, I'm like, I need that as a prop. And, um, my husband was like, that's, that's gross. What are you doing? And I'm like, stop the car. You know what that thing's made out of, right? And then, I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. Just stop the car. Let me get it. And he's like, you sticks. know, his anxiety is spiking because I'm telling him to stop the car. <laughs> it, it jumped out. And I'm like, look, I could be a woman who needs to spend all sorts of money on shopping for expensive clothing and getting my nails did every week. But all you, but all you have to do to make me happy is let me have this freaking bird nest, you know? And he's thinking, oh, but freaking cops are going to see us, and someone's going to pick up weird, and then I'm going to run into that dude at the grocery store. And you know what? He kind of won the argument because it had it had bugs on it. <laughs> <laughs> now you're all going to get swine flu. Yeah, well, I still have the nest. The, 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 I left it outside so the, bur- uh, so the that, bugs Maybe vacate. that's why your husband's gotten sick and now you're sick. <laughs> because of the bird's bird nest. It's like, yeah, bird flu. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're fine. <laughs> so, uh, Kara, one, one last question. And if you've listened to the show, then you've, you've surely heard us ask our other guests. Uh, we ask everyone that's on the show. And, you know, you've you've come and gone and come back to Utah by choice, like you said, um, kind of planted a, a few roots here. What's one thing that you would tell someone visiting the state of Utah that they needed to do before they left? Oh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I know. I know. Jump in one of the creeks. 
fully clothed. <laughs> wow, not skinny and dipping. And try to get like all the way up to your neck, like. Go find a creek, or they call them rivers here, right? They're not rivers. I mean, no. growing up in Kentucky by the Ohio River, that's which a, is a yeah, mile that's a wide. Yeah, that's a real river. Yeah. That's a river. It's so dirty, you don't you know, want to get in it. It's Colorado. Like, it's like, looks like chocolate milk. It's so brown, but... Um, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> don't don't jump in the Jordan River, though, because you might end oh, up yeah. as a dead body floating somewhere. Just Yeah, I know, I know. I'm talking like... Provo River or one of these like oh, cold mountain creeks that looks canyon. like you're hot and you're hiking and you see this creek and you're like, Oh, the beautiful water. Um, jump in, like find an area that's lay down in it. a couple feet deep and get like, get in it all the way wet. And you can just like have your heart stop for a minute and then be like, yeah. I don't think uh, Brie would ever do that. <laughs> that's what I would say. She's so anti-cold. I'm it's pretty anti-cold, cold, but I don't know. You should just feel tough after you do it. It's true. It's like polar plunging. Yeah. You're insane, yeah. by the way. I still <laughs> say you're insane. Who jumps into a frozen body of water for fun? Two times. Yeah, you're insane. The first time wasn't <laughs> enough for you. Well, Kara, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate uh, you talking about your art and talking about you know some of your personal experiences uh, along with others. It's it's really enlightening yeah. to hear some of that stuff. So. And how how long is it going? Um, it will be there till September 26th. But uh, you can check it out also on my website, which is just karajeanmeans.com. But my name is spelled, uh, not only do I have to have two first names, but I also have to spell mine with a C instead of a K. And that wasn't my choice. That was my parents' choice. But Kara mm-hmm. with a C, Jean, like J-E-A-N, not G-E-N-E, because that is That's a man. That's a boy's that name. A man. <laughs> I know. <laughs> No, with a J and means, just like it sounds. dot com. You can check them all out. And we'll have we'll have links to all that on our, yeah, our yeah. blog at some point eventually. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> like by the end of the week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks a lot, Kara. Kara Jean. Thank you. Really nice talking with you. Thank you so much. You know, we're trying a few different new things format wise on the show. Um, one of the things that. Uh, I think we ought to try is to, to focus a little less on news, maybe, unless there's like something that's really critical. You know, when, when political season comes up here in the next month or so, you're going to we're going to do some interviews with some candidates coming up uh, and we're probably going to talk a lot about politics. But it's pertinent. Yeah, but it'll be pertinent. And uh, we're just trying to keep things a little more fun, uh, upbeat and about Utah in general. Um, and I think news it just gets dated so fast and uh, we'll still do the fun stories where, you know, the university of Utah or IHC uh, or IMC or whatever the fuck they're called now um, has these great breakthroughs in in technology. Um, But I want to talk about some more specific Utah things that maybe we haven't talked about. Um, So I, we've got a couple lists. Everyone likes lists. Um, sorry, we don't have a fancy Radio from Hell style list jingle. Uh, but you should totally start this list out with the very first quote because we've never used this quote before. <laughs> so the quote is, uh, Utah will yet become the treasure house of the nation. Uh, that was Abraham Lincoln back in 1862. <laughs> um, he it's was pretty rad that he thought that. He was talking about uh, Utah's mines because we do have 
a ton of, of natural resources here. And we have raped the hell out of our natural resources. Yeah, well, so, and, and it's, <laughs> you know, we've had copper, gold, silver has all been found here. Um, copper is still mined to this day. The queen to, has stake in Rio Tinto. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a big deal. But Utah is also, and we've talked about some of these, but we're going to spend a little more time on them. Uh, and some of them I, I didn't know. Utah is home to some pretty impactful inventions. Um, that were created here. So um, the first and foremost is browning firearms. Why is that foremost? Because it's first on the uh, list. It's first on the list. It starts with a B. It's a <laughs> and gun. And Chris starts thinks that first and foremost go together. Yep. Don't shut up. I'm going to go dethaw something. Technically, <laughs> Adobe should be first because it's an A. <laughs> you know what? It doesn't matter. It's on the list first. It's browning firearms, and I like guns. So <laughs> how about that? We have the most gun shows in the country. That's true. I don't know if it's true, but it sure feels like it. Um, I'm sure we've had people die to Brownings in this state. Our well, state, positive. we have a state gun. It is a Browning gun. <laughs> so, what other state has a state gun? I, I'm Texas. curious. Can someone Google it? State guns. Texas official Texas. state That's guns. True. Just Google. That's Google for those of you that are not in the know. Google. <laughs> Uh, Google official state guns, but uh, I'm going to write that down. Official state guns. <laughs> John Moses Browning, born in Ogden, Utah. O-Town. Father of modern fire. So when I, when I Google official state guns, official state gun of Texas comes up. Just okay. what, is, what is the gun of Texas? Well, hold on. I want to see if I can just do the general one first. List of U.S. state firearms. All the silence is killing me. You got to... Shut up. <laughs> A state firearm has only been designated by eight of the 50 states in the United States. Alaska? That doesn't surprise me. Shotgun. No, it's not. (laughs) Arizona. Doesn't surprise me. Utah. Yep. Indiana. Armpit. Kentucky. Backwards. Pennsylvania. That's weird. (laughs) West Virginia. Not surprising. Very backwards. (laughs) (laughs) Same song, different lyrics. Coal miners like to kill people. And Tennessee. Not New York. I thought they'd have the 38 special. And not Texas, by the way. And what's funny is... You didn't say Texas. No, I didn't. It says in March 2000... The very first line right after that is in March 2011, Utah adopted the M1911 pistol as its state firearm. Yep. So that's the Browning M1911. Now, Browning actually invented... Um, he he made, created a bunch of different guns, but he inve- invented and uh, is, is widely recognized uh, as the lever-action rifle. So like the Winchester, Winchester. 3030. Um, the pump shotgun, the Colt 45 were all Browning inventions. So, um, so Arizona's is a Colt Singleton action. Also, uh, the slide enclosure. Hey, Kentucky's is a long rifle. <laughs> Motherfucker. I don't care. So is Pennsylvania. If you're my wife, we are not talking about everyone else. Hey, you had me talk. Google it. Yeah, I just wanted to know how many states had one. I didn't need to know every state's weapon. <laughs> this isn't the Pennsylvania podcast. There's already probably one for that. I don't know. The new Pennsylvania podcast. Now, my guess is Pennsylvania is not that fucking great. <laughs> and there's like a bunch of cool history there, but I mean, it's, it's not like Utah where we've just got amazing shit to do everywhere. Texas may soon have an official state gun. Would be. Can you take that phone away from her <laughs> so she's not reading stuff out loud anymore about other states? 
They're going to designate the cannon. Oh, my God. Everything's uh, bigger in Texas. Well, uh, so I was going to say one last thing about this. The slide enclosure for a pistol barrel uh, and firing mechanism. So if you think about modern handguns and that, the, the slide moving back and forth, that's that's Browning's design. So major, major. I like. I know guns suck. I hate them. Um, I don't really like guns. Like I said a minute ago, that was a joke. I fucking hate guns uh, in general. You don't hate guns. I hate the fact that anyone can own a gun. I think that's you stupid. don't you don't like our gun laws. Um, but uh, it's it's a big deal to to have Utah be on the map for for some of those inventions. Um, this one was surprising to me: the odometer or odometer. I thought this was cool. The odometer. That's an odometer. That's <laughs> how Jer- Jeremy says odometer. Uh, and, and no, that's the, how he remembers how to spell it. That's right. Odometer. It's true. Uh, so, uh, an early Utah pioneer, William Clayton, uh, was credited for an invention um, that records a vis- distance traveled in a vehicle. Uh, I guess I don't know how I read it wrong. Well, he basically tr- tracked revolutions on on wagons. Yeah. So he termed uh, a road meter to help track the two thousand mile kept trek. It that name. So he was an original pioneer. So he was trying to track the trek from Missouri to here. Can you see that? Track the trek, track the hey, trek. Hey, Jed, it's your turn to count the wheel marks. I'm tired. Yeah, can you count the wagon as we go? One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, they were oh, counting fuck, the revolutions. Count. Ah, shit, I lost count. What did he have, like a big stick? Then every time they heard it click, they were like, oh, that's no, one. No, it just said it was affixed to the wagon wheel. Yeah, so, but anyway, he, he created that. That's interesting. Um, he had an amicus. And I don't think it was probably a rotometer. It was probably a rotometer, guys. It's a rotometer. A rotometer. It's not an odometer, and it's not a rotometer. It's an odometer and a rotometer. No, it's a road meter. Do you say thermometer or whatever? No, you say thermometer. 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 No. No. Just like it's a vagina. Stop it! <laughs> Rotometer okay. and vagina. Uh, the Frisbee was invented here. Did you guys know that? Uh, yeah, actually, I had heard that. So, uh, Fred Morrison, right? Uh, William Frederick Fred Morrison. From Richfield, Utah. Um, sold his it patent. It started with a popcorn lid and then a cake pan. See? Yeah. So, I mean, look, are more to be clear, he didn't really invent it so much as he's like, hey, maybe I could fucking throw this thing. He threw something and people are like, whoa, oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> they, and then, called, they call them flying cake pans. And then quite possibly the best toy company ever. Whammo. Took it, uh, probably screwed him over and uh, commercialized the shit out of his product. Well, to be clear, he was just throwing a cake pan in the front yard. Well, you know, to each his own. Pie pans probably work better, especially the glass ones when they fall. <laughs> you only get like one chance to article drop it. says most people aren't aware of how many modern day inventions actually came from the beehive state yeah i mean there's a ton there there are tons and okay, tons so and tons. i think that i didn't know that the gui started here yeah so gui stands for graphical user interface you wouldn't believe how many times i get that question uh, on a regular basis gui uh, but that comes from uh, a University of Utah alum, Alan Kay. Um, so he is kind of credited with being the first to create a graphical user interface. So um, it's it's kind of taken for granted. So if you think about the way computers are programmed, so initially computers were programmed literally with punch cards. Um, and, and there was no sort of way Have you to seen do it that show about the, the, the black women computer? What is that? What is that called? That's what they were doing with those punch cards. 
They were programming the NASA the show. Yeah, I can't think. figure. Didn't yes, figure. thank you. I couldn't remember what it was called. Yeah, that's a really good movie, by but the way. But they were they were women they were women calculators. Yeah, mathematicians, uh, really smart smart people, and learning how to program those IBM's in the early days for yeah, NASA. Yeah, they read the freaking manual, which men never do. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he kind of came up with the first uh, the first concept. So you think about it now, like Windows is all graphical user interface. You're not dealing with any of the raw code. That's but like even, all your icons and crap. But even when you are writing code, you're doing it in a graphical interface. Um, so we, we really take it for granted. But everything that you do from a, a use perspective now is done through a GUI. Um, so that's a that's a big invention. Um, and then tied right into that is our first, is the world's first computer graphics company. Um, so and a user of GUI. Yeah, so um, also out of uh, University of Utah, they were both science professors, Sutherland and David Evans. Um, so they kind of created uh, graphics. Um, and now we still, to this day, we have companies like Adobe here. We have a lot of graphic design companies well, here. Well, Adobe was started here. Yeah, it was started here. Uh, the PDF was created here. Uh, portable document format is what that stands for, if you guys were ever wondering. Um, but that's, that's a, I mean, that's... Which is why PDF should be capitalized. Yeah, because it is a, a an abbreviation, um, except for in a file format. You can leave it all lowercase, .pdf. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this is not the Thank Utah Thank you, Mr. Nerd. IT. This isn't the Utah Nerd podcast. I, I apologize to our listeners. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it's, it's really cool. And, you know, one of the ones that's not mentioned on here is the TV. Which yeah. I mean, we have a fucking statue of Farnsworth in the in the, I love the U.S. I like it down the bottom, the celebrating Utah's uniqueness. Robert J. DeBride, Associates in That's because he wrote it. He's the writer of this article. That's because he wrote it, and it was funny. It's a sponsored article, and he wrote it. Um, he actually writes a lot of really awesome lists that we use. So, so, so that's I mean, that's really really cool to think about some of those those big inventions especially in the computer world and 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 it's no wonder that housing prices are insane and we are the second silicon valley and that's why we call us silicon slopes uh, well and who doesn't have a television in the world very few people yeah yeah i mean it it, it Cat is palmer she's a liar she's, she doesn't have a tv does she have a phone yes does she point. watch netflix on her phone <laughs> Uh, I'd be surprised. Netflix wouldn't exist without TV. My point is, though, she doesn't have a TV, an yeah. actual well, to television be fair, set. Very few people that have a TV have a TV that was the kind of TV that Farnsworth invented because right. it was all Tube cathode. The filaments. In fact, I don't even know if cathode tubes really exist in sets anymore. There's a no DI. way they do. Uh, maybe. Maybe there's some. Every once in a while you can find one of those old My TVs mom has one in her garage. Yeah, they're hard They're hard to find. It's um, my grandma's. What? His is huge. His I remember as a kid, the TV that we had was my grandparents' old TV that they gave to my parents. And I remember my dad changing the tube in the back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you could but do it that. would burn out and then the, the screen would be funky. Yeah. So he'd get the new tube. He'd open the whole thing out, put the new tube in it. Well, I remember. So when we got. Now you're old. So when we got our, our Nintendo. So my parents at the time had a big. Like, like set on the ground TV that was like maybe 32 inches, but that was huge back then. Those are then. called console TVs. Yeah, yeah big old console was TV. Was the one in the wooden box? Yeah, in a wooden box. With the, with the eight track player and the no. record player? Or just, no, just a console Dude, we TV. were fucking poor. We did not have all and that shit. he was born in the and, 80s. And that TV was probably like fucking hand me down three times over. Like it was not purchased new from anywhere. I guarantee it. <laughs> um, 
but my parents, so there was a big Christmas in the late eighties when we got a Nintendo and uh, a whole bunch of games, like my parents and all my relatives, my grandparents, my dad who didn't live anywhere near us all pitched in to go in on this big gift for me and my brother. And, uh, uh, I remember we got our own 13 inch TV, just a little crappy TV with the turn knobs and like the UHF frequency knobs. It, was black, it, it wasn't black and white. Though. It was no, color. Right? it was color. It was color. Um, but we got that TV because they didn't want us to ruin their existing TV <laughs> because like the eight bit console, you know, Nintendo, it was a static image essentially in the background. Uh, and you don't think about it when you're playing it, but there was a static image in the background it burn your and screen. it would burn the old TVs. Mm-hmm. It would burn it into those screens. I remember our Atari, we burned one of our TVs with our Atari with the, I don't remember which game. It's it. Space Invaders because they had that row across the bottom. Something like that. Something <laughs> like that. Bree remembers what fucking TV you messed up when you were young. I remember. <laughs> Bree remembers your what game it was. <laughs> that's that's impressive, babe. That's an impressive memory. I liked Space Invaders. Uh, but yeah, that's... I had an Atari and my own TV in my bedroom that I played it on. She was an only child, folks. On a waterbed, queen sized, only child. Do you have an entire basement apartment to yourself? Almost. If you saw my room. <laughs> I had a suite. Think. I had a bedroom, a front room, and my own bathroom. <laughs> Only child, folks. Oh, so and a double closet. Let's, uh, let's had an outhouse. Yep. I, I had to sleep where <laughs> I shit. Opening. I had to sleep where I shit. We, just, we didn't actually have outhouses. We just shit on the grass. Um, Ew! <laughs> you know, it's so funny, like, seeing your brother with Misty because, like, she's so wholesome sounding and she's all naturey and she's all my bro- gaudy. My brother likes that stuff, too. And she's all gaudy. Yeah, but it surprised me. Yeah, well, you know, Bellin's going to be reformed. You guys are very different. Yes, we are. So we're going to talk about a few other Utah things. So we're going to talk about things that Utahns do better than anyone else. Everything. I don't know if that's true. We even get married bigger. <laughs> there, there are things that we don't do as well. But I want to talk about the good stuff of Utah. So here are 12 things. And I don't even remember where we got these lists. They're a few weeks old at this point. Um, but hey, I, look, here's Philo. It's our good buddy Philo. So changing the world is number one on this list. And it's Philo T. Farnsworth. Um, and and it, I mean, look, it, let's talk about the things that we just talked about. It kind of it, funny enough, it transitions very well into things we do well. So we talked briefly about Philo. The TV really did completely change the world information wise. Graphical user interfaces changed the world of computing. Well, this says that um, that we were one of the four universities in the U.S. to develop and improve the network that would later become the Internet. Yep, that's true. That's true. Huh. Uh, our computer science stuff in this state is is amazing. Uh, and and it, this is this is this is akin. So the TV, uh, the internet, uh, graphical user interfaces; those are the kinds of technological breakthroughs uh, and creations that that are game changing. So if you think back to like the think think in terms of like the wheel and how groundbreaking the wheel was whenever someone figured out the wheel, or uh, I mean those really that's it's a big change in society and how the world works so you have that industrial revolution um we're in the information age now that wouldn't be possible without tv uh leading into the internet um and now we have social media 
What were you laughing at? <laughs> are you laughing at me or are you laughing because you're like laughing. five pages deep into the list? <laughs> I'm just laughing at the way I read something that is not really what I thought, it I thought, is. I thought George W. Bush and his cohorts invented the internet. No, that was Al Gore. Uh, that was Al Gore. Oh, Al Gore. So, sorry. Yeah, yeah Al Gore. He, should, he invented the internet to fight Man Bear Pig. Oh. <laughs> you gotta watch South Park to get that. Uh, so, uh, so <laughs> this one's funny. We've talked about it before. I want to go to one of these celebrating a Hindu festival without actually being Hindu. So, the largest uh, color festival in the world is outside in Spanish, of India. Yeah, outside of India, obviously, is in Spanish Fork, Utah. That's correct. It's celebrated by Yukons. Most of them are in Utah County, and most of them are Mormon. Mm-hmm. Or uh, LDS. How, what do we call them now? What do we call them now? Latter day Saints. Formerly known as the Church. The tr- no, what about well, people, no, the from, people the from the Church? Are, well, well, you're not even supposed to call Latter day Saints. We haven't talked about that on the show, I don't think. Can I tell you how pissed off I was when I saw what they want to be called and that the Church is one of their preferred monikers? I think we did talk about it. We talked about it with Carrie a little bit. That's fucking presumptuous as hell. Oh, yeah, we did. It still pisses me off every time I think about it. Like, that is some presumptuous shit. All right, beyond that. So, Mormons, because I'm going <laughs> to keep saying it because I don't give a shit. We don't have sponsors. Uh, I like this picture of the color festival. This girl in the very front. I know, with her uh, nose. Looks like she got pelted right in the eyes. <laughs> that and she's one going is, blind. It, it looks even worse That's in black and happens. white. <laughs> but it is. So, colors get thrown up in the air. Jess has been. You can talk about it. Didn't you go a couple times? I have been quite a few times. Not twice this year? No. Was that last year? Went no. twice. I thought you went twice in a row. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, back to back. Two yeah. years in a row. Because they do one downtown also at the Hindu temple, like later in the year, like in June. This one is in the end of March. They do one at, and, down by SUU at some point, too. Um, I don't know about that one, but um, it's like 10 bucks for... Or 12 bucks for a packet of like four colors and they're sanctioned. It's basically just cornstarch with color and rose scent, which is terrible. But well, and it's their they're countdowns on the hour. Um, they have yoga, they have music, they have vendors, food, food vendors. They've got the llamas. Um, they have the llamas. There's peacocks. Um, <laughs> it's true. Jeremy, by the way, Jeremy's going to have goats and llamas before <laughs> too late here. You should have alpacas. Just llamas. Not goats because they'd eat all of his his crops. Yeah, they would fuck up your garden hardcore. I bet the llamas <laughs> would too, actually. It's oh. awesome though. It's a cool experience. Yeah. So, and it's just amazing that Utah has the biggest in the world next to India. So, um, we're also really good at digging holes. Um, Speaking of the biggest one, one in the world, in yeah, we have the biggest. Well, it's not just. So, there's also that the largest pit. It's man. It's the largest man-made. Yeah, the lar- lar- largest man-made exca- ex- excavation on the planet <laughs> is the Bingham Copper. So if you look at the side of the mountain, that's all green. That's not what the mountain's supposed to look like. That's the inside of the mountain being thrown Turned over. Out. Yes. Um, but if you, the, the best way to see this actually is if you're on a commercial flight coming from mm-hmm. south of Utah, so from like Atlanta or something, uh, particularly when the winds are at a, where you're going to fly in and land coming from the south, which is not every day. That's um, true. So, uh, like a lot of times in the winter, you have to fly around and come back down. But anyway, you will fly over the pit. And if you can catch it during the day, you can see how massive it is. You can see it from outer space. It's half a mile deep and two and a half miles wide. And it takes something like two or three hours for those trucks to, to make. get all yeah. the way down the spiral. Because they have to spiral around it. They can't just drive down into it. Um, and it's mm, My friend's boyfriend drives one of those trucks. 
Those tires are ginormous. Size of a house. How many hours does it take? What did you say? I don't know. Oh. I know. It's, I thought you said that. Well, I did. I thought you. I thought you commented. It okay. takes a long time. Uh, Maybe yeah, I secretly did. Oh. We're, <laughs> we're also really good at outdoor recreation. Um, recreating. <laughs> recreating, as as the author. That's of this what I read. Weird. That's why I was Re- laughing. Recreating. No. Um, we talk about it a lot, and we've had a lot of guests mention different things. We go hiking, hiking, hiking every weekend, but between hiking, biking, skiing, backpacking, snowshoes, ATVs, I was talking to someone today who was out at the Knolls this last weekend. The Knolls, for those of you that don't know, is our, our desert sand dunes. So if you think of like the sand dunes of Egypt, we have those here. They're not go all the time quite as massive, but they're pretty close, and they are okay. just like it. They are they are that kind of sand. They are big, uh, and and if you go Easter weekend, it's like fucking Burning Man. What was Grandma out. doing out at the sand dunes? Yeah. Grandma goes to the sand dunes. There's a lot about your grandma you don't know. <laughs> she broke her coccyx. 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 Um, <laughs> MLMs. This, that's all this should say is MLM. Yeah, so it says selling goods and services. What it means is multi-level marketing um, or direct sales is another moniker. Um, but Forbes actually has named Utah the best state for business um, year after year after year. And we talk about it. A lot of local businesses, a ridiculous number of MLMs, multi-level marketing. Uh, we are the, the unofficial capital. Uh, of the world, and I don't think anyone would ever dispute that. <laughs> or, or want to. Or, ma- or the next one, which is making new Utahns, because Utah has the highest birth rate so there are, in the nation. So there are a lot of stereotypes about Mormons. This is one that's absolutely true. Mormons <laughs> make lots of babies. And th- they export Mormons, too, which th- is the next one. I think they're better at making babies than the Catholics, I dare say. Because the difference is this. The Catholics say don't use birth control, and the Catholics all use birth control because they're like, fuck you, I don't want any more kids. At least most of our Catholics. The Mormons say, you can use birth control. Eh, God will tell me when I don't have kids anymore. <laughs> when your uterus fails. Right. Is that, is that am I wrong? <laughs> uh, th- this one I don't buy, so it says educating. Um our per people spending is the lowest in the nation. It says we have the best educated workforce in the edu- in the. And you the know nation. why that is? Because the teachers are rad. We do have very hardworking teachers. However, I do not think you can make a correlation between our early, like um, primary and secondary school education, and an educated workforce. An educated workforce in the state of Utah is because we are pulling in people from all over the country now to come here and work in high-tech industries, which require high levels of education. I, I think the correlation made here is bullshit. Our school system sucks, and I'm not about to praise our public school system. Our teachers work their ass off. They spend way too much of their time and way too much of their own money, and they get the shittiest wages in the country. And we spend the least amount of money per pupil in the the whole fucking country. I think we're in we're in the bottom ten. We might even be the worst. And it's not been getting better. And our stupid legislature keeps trying to fuck over the education system. So I'm not about to prop that up. Now we do have a lot of high tech jobs, so we do have a very educated workforce. But we are not good at educating our citizens. What we are good at is saying no to alcohol and tobacco. <laughs> Uh, Whether they like it or not. <laughs> so we have, Jeremy, that's interesting. That. We have the lowest uh, percentage of smokers in the nation. Oh, what a shock. Uh, and the lowest annual consumption of alcohol. That is surprising because I know we do really well with liquor sales. Um, but that's uh, it's kind of surprising. Maybe it's all the out-of-town people buying it. 
I, I, I don't know. I mean, I buy enough for four households. You should see my liquor cabinet. I don't drink it, though. I guess I'm not a heavy drinker. I just have lots of really good stuff. However, because we don't smoke and drink, instead what we do is uh, use porn. And have babies. So it is that's a, the correlation that this article is making. It is a public health crisis, guys. Uh, our online porn subscriptions is the highest in the nation per capita. <laughs> Holy fuck, I did not know It's that. because people in Utah don't think sex feels good because they're not taught that it should be like they're not taught women are still not yeah but that could be said about like, people in other religions too well no but i mean here it you don't talk you don't educate about just enjoying sex and so if women get married and they've never had any kind of experience before they're just like well i guess this is it so uh it's a public health crisis. That's all I got to say about People it. People not knowing. So. Not porn. Well, that's why we spend more time and effort on that than education. Yeah. Well. Priorities. But that is interesting to know. We are the highest porn consumer. Did you not know that? I didn't know. Oh. We were the highest porn consumer yeah. in the nation. That's that's pretty uh, crazy. It's not it's not unfounded to me. Um, and it is like this dark thing that a lot of people have. Um, but, you know, whatever. It's I, usually dark when I have it. There's... <laughs> <laughs> Shit, no, I got all the windows open when I do it. All the windows open. I turn the sound all the way up. I'll make sure my neighbor can hear their Mormons next door. Um, so giving time and money. Um, so Utahns are the most generous people in the country. We're uh, highest in the nation for charitable donations, donations and volunteers. I want to know if the charitable donations, the tithe counts. It does. And that's probably why we're the highest. Well, that's stupid. It's it's not because it's still a charitable donation. Well, and that's what leads no. into number so, 12. So let me, let me be clear. I, I will talk shit on the LDS church frequently. I do all the time. I'm... I, I'm not a fan of their belief system. I, I think some of their practices are crazy and stupid and archaic, much like a lot of other churches. Um, basically all of them. Uh, and Scientology is just fucking crazy. Um, but I, this is one thing I'll say about them. Part of why Utah is so successful in terms of our social welfare system is because we don't, we don't have to have one as a state. We're able to maintain conservative, crazy thought processes because we're one of the few states where the church uh, and the community plays the role of what a conservative ideal is, which is, yes, we need social welfare, but the community will take care of itself. The church does that for the state of Utah. The, the number of jobs that people get through the church, the, the food, food support. the support, housing. Like, if you're going to lose your house, the church will pay. If you are a, a contributing member of the church, the church will pay your mortgage or help you with your mortgage or your rent for a long, Look, long I, time. I agree with that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying to Mormon people, their tithe is not a charitable contribution. It's a requirement. Yeah, but they all claim it on their taxes on okay. charitable contributions. I know. And and tax wise, legally, yes. But mentally, it's not them being charitable. It's them doing it because they're required to. But to be fair too, like volunteerism and, and you have to think of volunteerism outside the scope of I'm gonna go volunteer for Red Cross. If you are part of the Relief Society, I know it's sort of a church obligation in a sense. But it's that's, the same thing. It's volunteerism. You are no, volunteering your is, time to help other people. But in it's also, hey, Sister Gates, we got a revelation that you should be the Relief Society president. And Sister Gates goes, fuck no, well, I'm not okay, doing that. Okay. <laughs> because when, when you turn it down, it's, it, I mean, 
it's not like you're Chandra. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it's not an obligation, right. but it is what volunteering. Saying, yes, it is still volunteering. Yes, it is still charity. But it's not like if you went and volunteered to go do something. No, it's it's more akin to when you get a drinking ticket and you do community service to get out of a fine. <laughs> like that. That's well. And if you go volunteer at, let's say, the soup kitchen, let's say we do it together. It's just the two of us. If there's a bunch of Relief Society ladies, they're all friends and they all live next to each other and they're all neighbors. It's just another social thing. It's not necessarily that same taking time out of your day to go do it. It's a it's it's a fun social activity. Committing affinity fraud. <laughs> <laughs> Which That's goes the last thing. It go, it goes, being charitable. You're right, it does. Uh, in Utah, because of our, our level of trust in Utah with one another. We overtrust, I guess, is the best way to say. It. We've talked a little bit about this. You know, I I, I did a, a thing once um, with a thing. Uh, with the Department of Housing and Urban Development. Um, I took a course when we were looking to refinance and looking at the different programs that were available. And they talked a lot about people getting taken advantage of uh, when they're in upside down in a home loan or they have their home uh, and how they go to conferences as, as people from Utah in, in this industry, they go to conferences and when they're there, people in New York are asking them about what scams are currently going on in, in Utah because Utah is kind of the breeding ground and the testing spot for a lot of those scams. So they start here. Uh, so in their stories, trusting. yeah, and their stories of people like, oh, you know, I can save you money on your home. Oh, you saw a sign on the side of the road that says we buy houses. You sign your fucking house over to them and you're screwed legally. They own the house. You might still even have the mortgage, but they have the house. Uh, like those kinds of things do happen on a regular basis here. So, and it totally is. And there's big Ponzi schemes that have happened here. Uh, there's big donation things that happen that people get bilked out of thousands and thousands of dollars. I'm pretty sure Utah is probably the capital of the Nigerian prince scams. <laughs> That's why. I, oh, I know someone that donated money to that. He yeah. was he was gonna win. And totally convinced. Yeah. Totally convinced. Like five hundred dollars. Uh, and that is because that that's Prince of Nigeria emails me all the time. Yeah. Really? Yeah, he really I don't does. I get those emails. Me uh, I got to fix my website. Yeah, I got to take the, <laughs> I got to take the dot <laughs> site down. <laughs> Thanks for the gentle reminder. Um, <laughs> that's going to do it for the night though, I think. Thanks um, kids. Yeah, we uh, we definitely appreciate you guys uh, listening. Um, thanks again to our guest, uh, Kara Jean. Um, go check out her, her exhibit. You said it right. Go check out her exhibit at Salt Lake Community College, the, uh, the South City Campus on 17th and State, State Street. Yep. Uh, across from Piper Down. Um, go check out her art and then go have a drink. Um, <laughs> and go get a tattoo. Sure. Big D's right across the street too, right? Isn't that what's there? Is Big, um, Big Deluxe? Hydra. Is it Hydra now? Well, I thought Big D had a studio there. It might be down the street, but Hydra is right across the street. Oh. Hey, um, Hydra. Yeah, sure. Hell Hydra. <laughs> uh, if you like what you hear, please share it. That's what helps us the most. Go leave us a review uh, wherever you listen to this fine podcast, wherever you consume it. Um, we like to hear from you. We like to hear your feedback. You can follow us on Twitter at TNU Podcast. Uh, and check out our website, thenewutah.com. Um, lots of stuff there. You'll, you'll see links to everything we've talked about uh, on the show uh, this week. And, and other weeks, you'll see everyone's one things up there. Uh, you'll see little uh, blips about us. If you give a shit, uh, I don't know why you do. Um, but certainly uh, share the episode. They're cool. And if, if you want to be on the show, reach out. Um, we're, we're 
pretty fucking booked <laughs> to be honest um but that's that's a good thing but that doesn't mean that there's not going to be room in the yeah. future we there's make, always room we make room um not everyone we talk to is 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 super verbose um but uh we, we try to make people fit uh, if you have events we'll certainly share those events uh, even if we can't uh, uh talk to you we might still talk about it uh like we have with Vanex and a few other things so um yeah uh, i hope you enjoyed what we you want heard to hear from you and, and we definitely do want to hear from you let us know if you like some of the format changes we're making uh, slowly, if you haven't noticed. Um, let us know if you don't give a shit. <laughs> Maybe they're so slow that it won't, they won't even notice. It'll be awesome. You changed stuff, huh? Oh, I didn't even notice. I kind of tune good, out. Though. Here's a podcast I listen to when I don't really need to pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> I have a few of those, by the way. <laughs>